Bench warmers, what's up? It's episode 34, the far end of the bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. It's the best part about a Wednesday, lunch hour on the Unhinged Sports Network. We're so glad that you guys tuned in. We got a jam-packed episode, starting with our good friend Jonah Mitchell, who actually just started his own podcast, the Athlete for Life podcast. Check that out. He's got two episodes out right now, but he did his second Views from the Bench segment, which you can listen to the five-minute snippet here. And it's all about the All-American Mindset. It was a great conversation, so I highly recommend checking out the full YouTube video coming out the following Monday that you're listening to this. But other than that, we have Sweet 16 recap to get to, NFL free agency, NBA trade deadline talk, Elite 8 recap, plus a little bit of live reaction because we were recording this while the Michigan and UCLA game was going on. And then we, uh, we don't really talk about baseball because the Rockies make it difficult to talk about baseball, but there's a ton of stuff that we got to. We have our normal segments, so it's a great episode, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, be sure to check out that Views from the Bench segment on Monday. That's, that's going to be big. Uh, but Nico, hey, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. two boards in – yeah, I finished with two boards in the men's rec league season. I don't think that anybody expected me to make the stat book. Yet I got on it twice. Hey, we got to the ship. We upset the number one team. You had a uh, pretty good play, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You almost had a bucket. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, almost. Almost. Almost had a bucket. Almost. It might have got swatted by Mr. Clean. It it, it, it might have got cleaned. Mr. Clean yeah. look alike. It might have got cleaned off my face, but we don't have to. I, yeah, we, we don't remember I didn't attempt a shot. No, what are you talking about? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another view from the bench with our good friend Jonah Mitchell, former guest of the podcast, and uh, actually now a podcaster himself. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that a little bit, but. We had a topic in mind. He says that he wants to discuss the all-American mindset. So, Jonah, thanks for being here, and thanks for doing the you're giving us your view from the bench for this month and our listeners. Dude, I'm always happy to be here and get to talk to one of my favorite people. It's super well, exciting, know. and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this uh, this topic today. So, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me come back. Oh, of course. I mean, I, I think this is. We, we talked about it when you were on our podcast. There's such a, it's not just fitness with you. It's much more of a mindset and lifestyle change that I think we can have. I mean, you said you have as many topics as we want to discuss, we can talk about. And we, I feel like it's beneficial for our listeners, especially ones, I mean, I know my sister's going through your challenge now. So it's not like people aren't hearing what you're saying and aren't giving you a, a chance to, uh, help them out as well. So let's get into it. You, you said it's about the all-American mindset. What, is, what does that mean? All right. So this is, uh, this is something that I've been working on a lot lately. And uh, I really started calling it after I did that nutrition talk up at Western. Um, and for those of you who don't know, me and Jimmy both play football at Western together, Western Colorado University. So they had me up there a couple of weeks ago to give a nutrition talk. And I, it was mainly about nutrition, but Really, when it comes to anything that we do, fitness, fitness, nutrition, anything like podcasting or building a business or anything that you have, it's all about the mindset, right? You can only go as far as you believe you can go. So I, I coined, coined it. I started calling it the All-American Mindset based on 
my own goals when I was in my sport. And I never actually became an All-American, even though I wanted to be an All-American. I said it every single day. I wasn't doing the things that I actually thought were, were uh, that I actually, that would have actually made me into an All-American, right? Uh, it's it's a, a lot of people like to think that it's a, what's it called? Uh, like you're either born with it or you're not. When really most, most anyone who's successful in a sport in their, in their careers and whatever they're doing, they, they had to build themselves up to that point. You know, it's a lot of little mm-hmm. things. So anyway, uh, the All-American mindset really breaks down what you want and puts it into small actionable steps that are done to the highest level possible. Okay. So my realm is fitness. I help people get in the best shape of their life, especially people who struggle with doing that, who, who started, who stopped over and over and over again, uh, and don't really know why they've stopped, you know, and, and they want to get in the best shape of their life. They want to lose the hundred pounds. They want this, they want that, but they never really, know what to do beyond like okay i gotta suffer with my diet i suffer my nutrition but they they think it's one thing you know they they, i can only speak from experience right i said i was i want to be an all-american but i never was able to do it because i was never doing the things that all-american does i would show up to practice and i would show up to games i would think that was it that's like you practice you you lift weights and you perform on the field i never performed on the field and in my own analysis of why I didn't become an All-American, it was, I broke it down into the little things, you know? I mean, everyone who's played a sport has had a coach at one point say, do the little things, take the little things seriously. And then we look at them like the little things don't matter. It's, it's the big thing. It's the big plays that, that you make on the field or, or on the court, or, or it's the big sale you make for your, your corporation or whatever it is, you know, it's, but it's the tiny things that add up over time that lead to the big things. And if we're just always relying on the big things, then they're, they're either far and in between and infrequent. But if we could take the little things, this is where the all-American mindset really comes in, taking the little things and being and doing those to the, the, the maximum ability you can leads to more consistent and higher performing big things over a period of time. Now, does that make sense? Yeah, no, and we're going to definitely get into it. I just wanted to tell everybody listening to the podcast right now, be sure to check out this full video on YouTube for my conversation that Jonah and I are going to have. If that intrigued you at all, be sure to to subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the notification bell, because this will be put out on our YouTube channel coming up this Monday. Benchwarmers, episode 34 of the Far End of the Bench. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Follow us at FEOTB Pod. This episode is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. Got to get that out there. Love the Unhinged Sports Network. Hope, thank you guys for tuning in live if you are. If not, check us out Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern live on the Unhinged Sports Network. And uh, there's, I mean, we say it every week, but there's a ton that we have to get get to today. Of course, we're yeah. watching. We're still watching March Madness. Oh, yeah. The madness has not stopped. Oh, it's constant all the way through March. I mean, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that message from Jonah's Views from the Bench again. Um, like we said, we're going to do that monthly. Go check out his new podcast. Do you remember the name? The Athlete for Life Podcast. Athlete for Life Podcast. Um, so I'm sure we'll, we'll do some more stuff with them in the mm-hmm. near future. But yeah, look, 
there's there's the draft is coming up. We've had NBA trade deadline came and passed. March Madness is still going on. Here we are, three two or three weeks later. Yep. I mean, it's it's in full swing. The Masters is coming up next the, month. The Masters is coming up. I mean, look, it can't can't get better, more, more content than this. Oh, and the draft. We forgot about that. The NBA, the NFL draft. The NFL draft, and I, I know you're not as exci- and some other sport. I think as is starting this week. Oh yeah, no, it's opening opening week. It's opening day week. How about that? It's opening week. Oh boy. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if, if Colorado oh. fans aren't really looking forward to the Colorado people aren't really looking forward to that. Bronx Bombers. That's who. That's who we got this year. We're a Yankees podcast. Remember that, Nico? Yeah, oh, as, and as also, I'm wearing a Rockies jersey, but yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> just just semantics. Also, we're Jonah's views from the bench. Uh, Monday, you'll be able to check out the full YouTube clip because uh, we only did five minutes of the conversation for this episode, but full video will be up on Monday. Just wanted to get that out there because uh, we talked about the All American mindset, which I think. It was more just about do. It was a great conversation, so be sure to check out the full conversation. All right, let's talk about it. Sweet sixteen games, and uh, we were talking before the podcast started. We you don't check your bracket anymore because oh, I, I my, like I said, the I, clip it's, it's out the window. It's yeah, gone. we posted the clip today as we're recording this on Tuesday. I posted the clip of yeah, my bracket was it, from last week. My bracket oh, was out the window. Thrown yeah, turn set on fire. Can't pull it up. Thrown in the trash. Now I'm just enjoying the games. Now I'm just sitting back betting my ass off on every single game because, like I said, I have no bracket left, literally no bracket left because I have one team in my Final Four. Like I have yeah. only have one team that's Who's left. Who's your national champion? Illinois. Oh. You know? I have Gonzaga in my final so I can get a little more points, but it's it's gone. Yeah. It's done for. All right. Let's 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 start with the Gonzaga. We color casted this game on ColorCast. We didn't move on in the competition, but it was a lot of fun, and thank you for everybody who – tuned in while we were doing those games we'll do not just basketball we'll get start doing some hockey possibly and then maybe in the summer game. yeah, yeah we'll get convince me to do a baseball game i'll bring maybe. over a, a big pack of beer so that nico can sit here and, and enjoy because that's even joe buck so joe buck when he calls baseball games has a beer in the you're gonna have to booth. do something because if i'm gonna sit through a four-hour rockies game on tv and i'm not at it it's gonna be a lot <laughs> well it's, I, 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 I mean, it's we, basically another podcast. That's how you got to look at it. And I'll just when oh they man. do stuff on the field, I'll just do that. But that that's in the in the future. We're let's not get off track. Sweet sixteen, Gonzaga, Creighton. There is a at some point we just got to give Gonzaga the props that they're that. Good. Oh, we we should be. We, there's no doubt about that. They're the best team in the country right yes, now. Yes, we should stop. Zero. We doubt. should stop trying to look for flaws. Like stop trying to look for warts. Because they beat Creighton, and we talked about it during the cast. They only had really – I mean, only Drew Timmy was the only Drew, main Drew, star yeah. that showed up on offense. Drew, Drew Timmy and Nemhart were the were the main catalysts of that game, and they just came But of out their firing. big three, it was just Timmy doing anything on Sunday. He kind of got into foul trouble towards the end yeah, of the game. Suggs and the rest of the company for Gonzaga did not have their quote-unquote best game. No, but, but he, luckily if, most of Creighton didn't have their best game. Yeah, I, mean, I look, would say – Yeah, Christian Bishop wasn't a wasn't mm-hmm. non-factor. Christian Nag- Bishop Nagasowski, did not. Um, did not have his best game either, but that's – Teams are going to have to play their best against Gonzaga. Yeah. They are 100% going to have to have their best day against Gonzaga because from top to bottom, this team is just unreal. Is That's the, that's the easy, best way to put it. They are unreal. They have the longest – I think they have the longest double-digit winning streak, like longest win streak by double-digit victories going still. I think they were uh, – yeah, because they, they beat Oklahoma by over 10. They beat Norfolk State 98-55. to 
beat Creighton 83-65, and they beat USC 85-60. Well, actually, we're not talking about the Elite Eight right now. But they're just – I mean, that that Sweet 16 matchup showed a lot about Gonzaga. And, and I don't know. Creighton, yeah. Creighton would have had to play their There's best game and then hope so. for Gonzaga to have an off night as well. I don't – I, I don't see a world where Creighton can just go out there and beat Gonzaga. If both teams are playing at full at their best, Gonzaga is still better than Creighton. There's the, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Creighton just ran into a buzzsaw. Creighton mm-hmm. kind of got lucky, in my opinion. US, UCSB, they barely got by. And then the next one, they got Ohio, which was which was another upset. So they kind of got two easy walk, cakewalk games mm-hmm. into the Gonzaga game. And then they just ran in, like literally ran into the best team in the country. Yeah. Like, it, there, there was no stopping Drew Timmy at six foot ten and that crazy mustache. He was just unbelievable. And being unable to, to stop him and letting Jalen Suggs do whatever he wants still at the same time, that's just not a recipe for success against this Bulldog team. Yeah. Uh, let's move, let's stick in the West region and the other Sweet 16 matchup, Battle of the Pac-12. USC beat Oregon 82-68. We were talking about this on the cast as well because that was the game coming up after ours. You thought that USC was going to be able to handle Oregon pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, because between Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley, who will be – a top five pick. I think he is the. He should be one of the top two picks in the draft. It would be between him and Cade Cunningham. Probably throw Jalen Green in that conversation too. The guy from the G League. But um, that this team, top to bottom, like like they just had one of the biggest teams in the country. Mm. And Oregon wasn't ready for that. And Evan Mobley just showed why he is one of the better players on the court because the dude can step back from three. He can dominate you in the post and defensively he's lengthy enough to stop any shot that comes into the paint. Like there, there's no easy shots that come in. We'll talk about the elite eight matchup a little bit later with how he matched up against you, Timmy, but Oregon just, they're relying on their shooting and Mobley, the Mobley twins just decided, you know, this game's ours for the taking. It's ours, ours to shine. Let's get to the elite eight. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other thing that you kind of need at this point in the tournament, and especially as a six seed, nobody expects you to do much. If you make the Sweet Sixteen, that's kind of just. I mean, I had them that. in my Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, to but be fair, but it's you kind of got to have players to just step up and say, "This is going to be how this game is going to go." I'm going to take over and carry this team to the next round, and that's that's exactly what Mobley did. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what the Mobley did. Brothers did. All right, let's move on to the East region. First game, Michigan wins against Florida State, 76-58. A game that I picked wrong. I am going to apologize because Michigan Wolverines team, as we're watching their elite yeah, game, we have they, that are, game on right they now. are one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Like that, that team top to bottom without livers. What, what we're seeing from Dickinson and, and Franz Wagner, yes, Wagner, he's German, uh, ins, inside is just unbelievable. I'll be the same. Like that, those two are – Basically, Drew Timmy and Kispert from from Gonzaga, but bigger and more developed inside, and they have one of the best in or best big men in college basketball history, and Jawan Howard as well coaching them. So you know that they know exactly what they're doing. So look, this 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 Michigan team is just unbelievable. Florida State they just ran out of steam. Scotty Barnes did not have his best game, and. Um, it was just too little too late for them. They tried to make a comeback, but Michigan just kept the foot on the pedal and just ran through them. Do you think that was a little bit of recency bias? Because Florida State, they 
did well in their conference tournament. Michigan maybe didn't have yeah, the best de- end of the was, season. Yeah, definitely was some recent buys. Obviously, I watched the ACC tournament and Florida State got all the way to the championship and lost to Georgia Tech. I thought that was good enough to possibly get them to, to the Final Four. Obviously, that wasn't the case. And Michigan, they lost to Illinois in the um, conference on the conference finals. Yeah. So I, so I, that's why I was all aboard the Illinois train and not over the Michigan train. It, like it, here we are, proving myself wrong. It again. happens to everybody, and I think that what you were talking about with Jawan Howard can't be slept on. Uh, that's what I, I say the same thing about wrestling in Penn State. I talked about them, I think, last week about how they had a down year still with four individual national champions, but they're always really good in the same weight classes that their head coach, Kale Sanderson, who's the only collegiate wrestler to finish all four years undefeated as a national champion. They're really good at those weight classes that he used to wrestle at, mainly probably because he's passed along some tricks of the trade. So Jawan Howard has definitely done that with his guys as well in the Big Blue. And we'll talk about their Elite Eight matchup uh, a little bit later on in the show once we get to that point. Other Sweet 16 matchup in the East, Alabama. Ran out of steam. They, and one, one, one of the craziest endings you'll see. First of all, I had the under on this game. That hurt the hell out of me because mm-hmm. I had the under in the palm of my hands, and then the Alabama guy comes up and hits a three at the end of the game to tie it and go to overtime. And there goes my under. This is just out the window. And then they got their asses whooped in overtime. Because UCLA just put the pedal to the metal and just punished them for even we, being that close. We should savor this because this is one of the only times that you'll be able to say. And you and Alabama had to fight to get it to overtime against UCLA. And UCLA kicked the shit out of them in overtime. Hey, UCLA's basketball school, baby. No, no, I know it's about. <laughs> I'm saying, like, it, normally when we talk about this matchup, it would be on the football field. It's fair. And I don't even know if UCLA shows up because they're one of the softest Pac-12 schools when it comes to football, they go, Alabama? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. exactly. Bama, it's 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 already been football season in their heads. They were surprised that they made they it They were this pissed far. off that they made it this far because they had to take away from the, the spring the, game yeah. and, and everything else going for Bama football. What do you mean we got to wait a week for the spring game? Yeah, this is going to affect recruiting now. Yeah, like this – this like what I already world? dropped the duffel bag full of $100,000 bills on that, on that boy there's yard. So, oh gosh. yeah, Bama, I, I feel bad for this basketball team because this basketball team deserved love. And they 100% didn't get it. I'll give them – no, they, they were pretty much the heel through, through the tournament. That's what you get when you have the biggest college football dynasty at the same school. That's true. I do – I'll give this team credit because I like their coach. And their coach – the guy went on part of my take, so that's basically how I decide whether or not I like you as a college basketball coach. Um, but he was very open, like – we wanted to play this year because we knew we had a good team and we wanted to see how far we can make a run in this tournament. And that's one of the first times where I heard a coach just flat out say, no, this was going to be a good year. I know that we had to deal with the pandemic and everything, but I wanted to compete because we had a team that can compete. And I'll give – is that as far as they made it in the tournament? I can't remember, obviously, off the top of my head. Um, I would guess they might have been an Elite Eight team before. Possibly. But it's been very, 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 yeah, very, um, very long Paul time. Paul Bryant might have been at the school. That That's how long it might have been. Um, so that's the East Region, Sweet 16. Midwest Region. Let's uh, let's go there. Loyola, Chicago. We gave them so much hype. Blew them out of the water so much. And, over- and then they got their asses rolled by the Beavers. Exactly. Yeah, like. And Conference it was never, of Champions, baby. It was never. 
It wasn't like Oregon State had to come back and take over. They pretty oh, they much were. dominated the game. The whole entire game, from the first whistle on, Oregon State just came through. Everyone was like, this loyal Chicago team, man, they beat the number one team in the country. Well, we said like that they that's the high, that's the best eight seed that we've really seen, they, what we've seen in the tournament in the last five years. Well, and this is the best 12 seed that we've seen in, in a tournament. long time, too. Jeez. Um, there's a big shout-out to Oregon State in the Pac-12. Like Bill Walton says, conference of champions, baby. Everyone think he's just high off his ass thinking, by well, saying he, that. Yeah. Well, he knows he, he's spitting facts. Well, Although they may not have a Final Four team. He's also high off his ass, but. He, he's speaking facts. We don't know if they have a Final oh, Four yeah, team. Yeah, they may have a Final Four it's team. 17-16 right now. <laughs> That's true. So, look, Pac-12 had a fantastic performance. A shout-out to Oregon State. They came in like – Loyola Chicago was high, like high off that win. They were really high off that I win. I also think they and their hype train was just derailed big time because they thought coming into that game that they were going to be dominating that game. That well, Oregon State had no no chance of being on the same floor as them. That was and, the first time this tournament that they came in and the, people were like, they should win. Yeah, they are the favorite to win. And people like myself picked them to lose to Georgia Tech. Hmm. People picked them to lose to Illinois, and here they are finally as the favorites, and everyone they got punked. Punked. That is a nice way of saying it. They got punked in the mouth. They did. Yeah, Oregon State came out. And, and to be fair, I think Sister Jean did predict that they would lose in the Sweet 16. So she said that they they get past Illinois, but she, she either said they lose in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. So obviously Sister Jean get, getting things right again. Sister Jean's not greedy. She, just, she wants to see the boys compete. That's all she That's wants fair. to do. Uh, and then the other matchup in this region – is Syracuse Houston? We broadcasted that game on Colorcast as well. Unfortunately, didn't get treated to the performances that we were expecting. We thought Buddy Bayheim, with his 25 and 30 points in the first two rounds of the tournament, were going to come in and give the Cougars a run for their money. And and I do like. There's people in the media talking about how Houston's that team. If it was a Disney movie, Houston would be the team that's trying to. They were they're beating the Mighty Ducks. They're going against Airbud because they're the Cougars. And they're from a big city, but nobody cares about them. So, yeah, this is the first time Houston has gotten to the final four since. If you guys remember the five slam a jam, we we don't know that uh, we're talking about. Or no, 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 Houston is in the final four. Yeah, but, but Houston is in the final four. Yeah, yeah, but we don't, we don't, we don't. We're not we're, talking we're, about we're that. Saving yet. that yeah. We're saving that yet. But first time they've made it this far since five slam a jamma with Elajuan and Clyde Drexler at the helm. God. Yeah, those are some names for you. Um, that I just recognize those names to be old. Yeah, so that's it's been a very long time for Houston to get this far in the tournament. And what we saw from Quentin Grimes, especially in that 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 Houston game, was they they. They shot. They did exactly what you needed to do to beat the two-three zone. You got to the ball to the high post and worked the dunker position, and they just ran through the Syracuse defense. Like they had no answers. They were hitting threes. They were also getting the ball inside and penetrating the defense when Syracuse had no answers offensively. Their defense is what won them that game because Buddy Buckets couldn't get anything going. Um, Gerard, the point guard, couldn't get anything going. Dolzage as well had no points. Like that, uh, Syracuse no, was he, shut down offensively. That's not an exaggeration. I think he f- might have finished with two points. I'm not looking at the stat right now. Uh, no, that was bad, and it was one of those games where you were expecting Syracuse came out and just shot nothing but bricks in the first half. And you're like, okay, they're not going to do that the whole game. And then they came out in the second half, and they came out and just shot a whole bunch of bricks again. Yeah. I don't know what it was, and I, I mean both clue, teams yeah. at times looked just completely not not in it. Yeah, because both there was there was the big time scoring droughts in that game throughout it. I mean, having a game 
only hit have his game only 108 points. Mm-hmm. This that pretty low in this late in the tournament. That just goes to the kudos of the defense, but also no shots being filled. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it was a low scoring game, but it wasn't like the defenses played well, but it wasn't outstanding defensive mm-hmm. play. It was more just neither offense was really on on point. I would say that, and we can move now to the South region. Um, there's games in the South region that have taken place that are, were more defensive battles. And we can probably talk about the let's let's start with Arkansas and Oral Roberts because we actually we got to see the end of that game getting ready for our oh, Houston. Yeah, Syracuse we, we game. almost saw the game winner of the century. But at not. least it didn't go right. Oh no, I would have loved for it to go. No, I, I I I mean at least it didn't go because we were already upset that we didn't get a good game to co- broadcast Co- yeah. on Colorcast. Uh, that's, that's at least fair. it didn't go because that would have been oh man all time that would have been all time. I'll FOMO. Call. Yeah, yeah. Max Acemas. He look. I saw a stat where Max Acemas from Oral Roberts played all forty minutes of every single tournament game, like every every single conference tournament game. So all four, I believe, and then he played every single minute of the first two rounds. That dude has played forty minutes for three weeks in a row of game time. That is incredible. That is your 2021 March Madness star right there. Yes, Oral Roberts didn't make it to the lead eight. But that, that story right there, what Matt X. Smith did, beating Ohio State and then going through Florida and then giving um, and then giving Arkansas a run for their money, that is to behold right they, there. Yeah, they gave Arkansas every single thing that they wanted. That's for sure. That was um, – Yeah, but I, I can't say enough good things about Oral Roberts. That, like I said in my, my COA last, center of attention last, last week was um, – this tournament gives a chance to the smaller schools to even put them on the map. Mm-hmm. And Oral Roberts right now, I guarantee you a lot more people are talking about Oral Roberts nowadays about college applications and going there possibly because of what Max Acemas, yes, Acemas, not Admas, Acemas did in the um, big-time tourney. Do you think that they're going to possibly be back, or do you think that this might be I'm, a I'm not familiar with their conference, so that's that's where I, that's why I, I, I'm, not, I'm a little cautious, but yeah. um, they, they – I think Ace Must may be a senior or maybe a junior and may be leaving. If he leaves, it's going to be a different story. Uh, but if yeah. he comes back, he could always make another run next year and have a lot of fun doing it. They could. I mean, it, it might be a thing where a couple of years from now we see them back in the tournament because I think this will help them out with their recruiting. 100%, yeah. It'll just People take a couple come, cycles to get, yeah, get play, back. Like I said, players are going to start seeing what they did and be like, well, I want to be a part of this program. Yeah. That's exactly what they just did. No, that was huge. I'll, I'll I'll have a bigger question once we get done with the Sweet 16 games. I'll have a bigger question of the overall scope. But let's get to the last game, and that's Baylor and Villanova. I am a uh, I'm a Gonzaga and Baylor fan for the rest of the tournament because if they play in the national championship, there's a shot. There's not a shot, but there's a shot that I win in my head if we if they play in the national championship. Right now, Baylor. When I'm seeing the versatility on defense, it is crazy what this Baylor team does defensively. Coach Scott Drew brother of Bryce Drew, who's a GCU head coach. Scott Drew has got one through five positions on defense that can guard everybody. And I mean the center can guard the point guard. Point guard, who's, who's on the floor as a point guard, can guard the center. Like They are just so much versatility and it's so hard for offenses to get going. Villanova, that's a game they wish they had Colin Gillespie back. Colin Gillespie, it was a, it was a big-time miss. He was out with ACL all year, and they just couldn't find their offense at the right time. It was a good game throughout, but Baylor just turned it up defensively, and Villanova just could not get a bucket toward the end of the game. I think Baylor falls into that same category, like we said with Gonzaga. At some point, we just got to mention that they're really good. 
They're, very, very good. They're just out there, and they're really good. Uh, that's all That's all the one seeds. Because this year especially, it seems like everybody's looking for a way that a one seed's not going to make make it into the Final Four or the and national we, championship. And we, and we, I mean, we'll hear about later, but we may have three in the yeah, Final Four. Yeah, we may, we may have three in the Final Four. Uh, but that's the Sweet 16. Like we said, thank you for everybody who tuned in to our color cast. It was a lot of fun. And uh, congratulations to everybody who's still in it. And yeah, be sure it. be sure to keep checking out the rest of the games um, as the, as they're live because that'll mm-hmm. be all casted through the ColorCast app. So yeah, yes, there's go a, check those out. Little did we know, did we know there's a ton of people who use that app. So that's great for them. That's awesome, and yeah. They're winning some awards too. One of our partners at the Unhinged Sports Network, ColorCast, they won uh, one of the startup awards in the Austin Festival that they entered in, which is big because Austin is basically the Silicon one of the Valley of the sports. Yeah, yeah, and it's the Silicon Valley of the south, like the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you want to go if you're winning. A, if you're winning a developer convention there, you're doing something right. That's for sure. This game's getting kind of interesting, by the way. <laughs> UCLA's up by up by three. three now against Michigan. Yeah. Oh boy! All right, let's stick with basketball because I know that you, I know you love the March Madness, but there's a lot of NBA. Oh, this year, NBA. I got my full basketball fix this yeah, past week. This year was a, a strange year because we got the NBA trade deadline during the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. This is true. So, and we also had a LeBron injury in the middle of the March Madness tournament. This is also true. So, let let's just start start with the Nuggets. They bring back Javale McGee, the and prodigal they, son, baby. And the prodigal add, son. They add Air Gordon. That's the one I'm more more excited I'm about. I'm excited about both of them. Yeah, you're excited about both of them. Let's go ahead tell the people about JaVale McGee. But first, I want you to, because I don't remember the reason why. I just know that JaVale McGee, the first time he was with the Nuggets, was kind of seen as like the joke. What, it, why? It's because it was, it was, he was Mr. Shaq and a fool. Like it, that's exactly what it was. He was labeled as Mr. Shackton Full. He was labeled as this guy that just did weird stuff and that would have bonehead plays. He almost broke Ty what? Law or Ty Law. Was he on the team with J.R. Smith? No, J.R. was long gone by then. Okay. But he, he broke almost nearly tore Ty Lawson's ACL in half when he tried to throw a lob pass and ran right into the back of his knee. And he, he just did a bunch of bonehead things that they were funny. And then when he left, people were like, you know what? We don't need you to be a starting center. All we need you to do is be a backup and, and come in and play defensively. And he's got championships out of it. Mm-hmm. We go, I mean, Golden State probably fixed him right. The Golden State got him two rings. And then he, he went to L.A. last year. And we saw what he did against Jokic in the playoffs. And now we finally have a backup center that – can guard the big men in the West. And that who I'm speaking about specifically is Anthony Davis. We Look, Jokic can't do that. Aaron, we now have a one-two. We can throw a lineup out there of JaVale McGee, Nicole Jokic at the four, Aaron Gordon at the three, and I can comfortably say that we can guard the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That we can lock up, we can throw, not lock up, but we can throw Aaron Gordon on LeBron. We can throw JaVale on AD, and then Jokic, whoever, who the last person is. And I can comfortably say that we, that's okay. I mean, we'll be fine with that. Imagine right now to where it looks like there's a possibility that we only get one of those superstars for the Lakers in the playoffs, depending there's on There's a how, possibility we, we don't see them at all. Yeah, there's there's that possibility as well. But even if, there's, even if LeBron is able to come back and they don't have AD, then the Nuggets all of a sudden have a lineup to where they can lock up LeBron because you can throw two people at him and – who cares if the YMCA makes a bucket every now and then? Yeah, and then and then you have a lineup that if the Jazz or Suns continue with their hot streak, that we can match up better with them. Oh, they, we, they don't we already know, know that Gobert sees Jokic in his nightmares. Oh, Gobert cannot guard Jokic or Embiid to save his life. No, Jokic, uh, Jokic and Embiid live in the defensive 
the defensive player of the year, and I'm putting quotes around that. They they live in his head so rent free. It's hilarious. Oh, it's, I'm it's I'm beautiful. so happy. I'll I'm not wishing anything bad for him, but I hope we see a Gobert Jokic matchup again in the playoffs. Yes, yeah, I, I, I hope love that. To see. I really hope. Really and then hope I want Eric Gordon to uh, dunk and put something in his face. I'll just leave it at that. That's true. And I am I am going to toot my own heart a little bit, but I did predict Aaron Gordon being traded to the Nuggets about four five weeks ago. This well, is first mountain sickness report. I did call that. You, no, you, you no biggie. You want to know my first reaction when that happened? No, I'll sure go for it. This is why he didn't win those dunk contests other places because he so needed he win it here. to do it. I want a dunk. If I get a Denver Nugget dunk champion, I will have an Aaron Gordon fifty jersey till the day I die. Yeah, the number fifty. That that's a cool little addition yeah, too. That's... Wearing the fifty just for and all you Broncos fans can have the Aaron Gordon fifty jersey and. Super Bowl 50, Aaron Gordon 50, it just... Yeah, mm. it's icing on the cake. I'm going to try to get an Aaron Gordon jersey, honestly, because those earned edition jerseys are nice. We're going to use the Fanatics Lake, more importantly. But At yeah, FUOTB pod. But the, uh, yeah, look, this Nuggets team, they improved big time. I'm really, really excited what they got going for them. Um, I, what we've seen in the first couple of games, unfortunately, losing Gary Harris, one of the staples of this Nuggets team, it's going to be tough to see him go because he was the longest tenured Denver Nugget, which is very weird to say. But he's he's he came up through the bad times and he got us to the Western Conference Finals and now he's I think it's good for him to get a fresh start. Um, it was better for a fresh start for Gary Harris in Orlando. It's a better for a fresh start in Aaron Gordon here in Denver, and I think it's a win-win on both sides. Yeah, both team both guys have kind of ran their course in the places that they came from. Uh, other stuff that happened around the league; those are two big things for the Nuggets, and it obviously changes things for that Western Conference playoff landscape. That's changing every single day because the Lakers continue to free fall. We can, we'll talk about that after we get through all the trades. Um, the Heat, you were right again. Oladipo is—he had one foot in South Beach the entire time. Oh, one hundred percent. He was all like I said. He was already committed there it was just inevitable as thanos would say yeah it's inevitable houston was like a prep school houston was the img academy just waiting to go to college that's all he wanted to do now he gets out there with jimmy buckets uh what does that do for the heat first of all pat riley and andy ellsberg shout out andy ellsberg good family friend got to meet him a few times through when chris was in the heat now whatever you're gonna say is gonna make jeremy very happy they are geniuses they are the quote-unquote goats of gm like anywhere in any sport whatever because what the heat do pull off every single year is say you know what you want to come play at south beach cool but at the same time we're going to be smart how we make our moves this heat team they gave up nothing and i mean nothing for oladipo oladipo was going to be going to miami in the free agency more than likely more than likely but at the same time, you don't give up Tyler Hero. You don't give up Duncan Robinson. You don't give up Kendrick Nunn. The Rockets got back Kelly Olynyk. They didn't give up Hero? Didn't give up Hero. All those players still on the Heat team. They didn't give up anything. The best they got back was a first-round pick, and they got Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley, who more than likely will be bought out. The Rockets just screwed themselves over big time because they traded away James Harden, and their best return they got was Kelly freaking Olenek. Because, look, the best players in that Harden trade that weren't named James Harden that got moved was Jared Allen. They could have got him, but no, he got moved to he got moved to Cleveland. The other player was Karis LeVert, who got moved to Indiana in the Oladipo trade. What are you doing, Houston? They already lost 20 in a row, and now you get away your best player, even though he's not your best player because your team is so bad. He wasn't going to be your bad. best player. 
you give away your best player for literally nothing. Like uh, it's so bad in Houston, and, and yeah. Pat Riley just keeps doing it again and again. Like I, I, I'm a I'm a Heat fan second because I'm a Nuggets fan first, and because I'm a Heat I'm a Heat fan because of what happened with Chris in Miami and everything that happened in there. But like, it is just blasphemous that this keeps going on every single year because they got Jimmy Butler for nothing. They signed him a free agency. Bam Adebayo was a draft. Duncan Robinson was undrafted. Kendrick Nunn undrafted. Um, this team is a bunch of unsung heroes that buy in and know what they're doing. And now you add in an all-star type player in Oladipo, the Heat have the best defensive versatility in the East. And by the way, because I know our guys at Insert Name FC are going to say that we're trashing on on Houston, it's very difficult not to when this is how they run their sports franchises. It's very the difficult. The only thing they to. got going for them is the Houston Cougars. That's the only thing that city has going on for yeah, them. I don't, and that's probably not going to be happening for that much longer. But we'll, we'll talk about that again later in the episode when we get to our Elite Eight Final Four stuff. Uh, but it's just like I – Houston, I don't know what they did, but I mean, I do know what they did. They cheated in the World Series, and they have the world's worst sports curse placed on them at the moment. They deserve it. I'm sorry, all the rest of the organizations, but the Astros did it. The Astros. I, did I apologize, Tom. I, I have some people that I know that are pretty big Houston sports fans, and it's just got to be miserable right and, now. And you know what? I don't feel bad because Astros cheated their way into a World Series. That's the only reason why that any of this is happening. I would and like- they deserve it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Houston fans. I apologize. I have some friends who are Houston fans too. I'm sorry, but you don't deserve it. You I, cheat your way into one of the biggest, one yeah. of the one of the biggest sporting events or sporting or championships, world, championship. world championships in America. That's never gonna fly. And the way they tarnished baseball, which we can get into for hours during the summer when baseball is the only thing on my mind, which is gonna I hope is a very long time away. But that tarnishing that is just. That curse, I hope, is the as bad as the Great Bambino. Like, I hope that's as oh, bad boy. as the Red Sox thing, and I hope that's as bad as the Cubs thing. Yeah, I, I would like to think that the Houston fans, there's some apologetic ones out there. Like, yeah, I know we cheated. I didn't. I I don't count it anymore. Like, just all that's all you got to do. Tell me, I know we cheated. I don't count the World Series anymore. I didn't know it was happening at the time. Um, but that situation is just, just just like two year, two or three years ago, the Rockets were two games away from winning, going to the NBA Finals and beating the Golden State Warriors. The Texans were division champions. Texans were division champs with just Sean Watson as the top five quarterback in the league, and then also you had the Astros with a legitimate World Series. And now look at now look where it's now at. there's no legitimate World Series. Deshaun is uh, has a lot of other stuff. There's going on. yeah, Deshaun's like, floundering at the moment, and uh, you don't have James Harden anymore. You don't have Chris, Chris Paul, Paul anymore. Russell you don't Westbrook. have Russell Westbrook anymore. You uh, barely have sports franchises at the moment, and yes, I don't know what you're gonna do to get better. It, there's nothing that I there's see. no upside right now. I, the only thing that I could see because I think that the Astros still did well last season. I didn't they really got pay. to the they got to the uh, semis, I think, or they got to. The, so the, uh, the only thing that you can do if you're a Houston fan at the moment is just buy into being the heel in baseball and like, yeah, we cheated. So what? We won. Ha ha. But I don't. I don't know. Nico doesn't feel bad for you. I kind of feel bad for you, but maybe I won't moving forward. Yeah, but I mean, let's. One other thing I want to touch about this about the Heat side of things. I think the Heat now have the best versatility defensively to stop the Nets. Because look, it is defensively you can throw Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant. You can throw um, 
Oladipo on James Harden. And then you have the point guard situation where you can throw on Goran Dragic or you can throw on Kendrick Nunn on Kyrie and have and and make him beat you. And that defensively is as good as it's going to get in the East. Then you have to worry about Bam or possibly uh, Precious Achua for the Heat having big games in the playoffs where they have to step up as well. And I think the Heat right now, I, I guess in, our, in my blog that you're, you're on Tuesday – the Heat right now, I think, are a top four team in the East easily. Even though they're only the seven seed right now, I think they're on the come up. They're the eight seed right now. They're the eight seed right now. So, and like I said, the, the East is a whole wash because it's it's like if you're five hundred, you're a playoff team. Yeah, it's pretty much after the three, are like after three, three yeah. after three. It's uh, Charlotte is twenty four and twenty two, and everybody else is pretty much five hundred or maybe even below. Yeah, so I think the Heat can be dangerous, especially first round, second round because the heat culture and what Spolster has done over there. So I, I do like what the Heat are doing. I think it's safer that they got Oladipo now instead of losing it or not not having him come in free agency, even though it was almost all but guaranteed. But it was a good move by the Heat, and giving up to nothing, giving up next to nothing, can't beat that. Let's talk about, because um, you wanted to talk about LaMarcus Aldridge and, and the buyout situation. Let's talk about that, and then we can start talking about the, the standings and everything. What is with the buyout and kind of explain that? Because honestly, I'm not too familiar with what, what is it just you buy out the rest of the yeah you buy out the contract Chris uh, and then you have to you so the, you the the team buys your contract out so they pay the rest of your contract you basically become a free agent if that makes sense and then they, they you, sign you to a new contract no no and then you get you can you can sign wherever you want oh. so it's basically a situation where I'll, I'll explain this like in terms of the Lamarcus. Does the team who buys you out? Is that the team that you have to end up on? No. Okay. So so the so you get bought out by the team you're currently on. They pay the rest of your contract. This usually happens to players that one or two years left in the contract because there's only about 20 million, 14 million left that they have to pay. So they buy it out so they he gets the rest of the money up front, and at that point he becomes a free or unrestricted free agent to sign wherever he wants. If that makes sense. So oh, it's he's, basically. So like, he's getting paid still. It's basically like cutting somebody in football. They, yeah, they, they don't buy out contracts. They cut you, and then they take a certain amount of money. Exactly. You, they, 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 they. That makes more they sense. They cut now. you. Take, take. You get all the money back, though, and then at the same. That's yeah, what, that's the that's the difference in basketball is that you get the guaranteed money. In football, guaranteed. you don't get it. Yeah, you get. They the cut you, and then they're like, "Oh, sorry." That's why Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge went to Brooklyn because they took veterans minimums or smaller contracts because they're already getting paid. Like they they could have they they signed one year deals in Brooklyn and were like you know what we're, we're, let's go ring chase this year and see what happens next year and go get paid again because they're already getting paid in Brooklyn so now it's just extra more or they're already getting paid in their former team now it's just extra money yeah now Blake Griffin's like yeah I'm... now you have the Avengers of the No Ring Squad and the Brooklyn Nets between Steve Nash <laughs> Mike D'Antoni and Mari Stoudemire all in the coaching carousel James Harden who doesn't have a ring. Demarcus Aldridge, who doesn't have a but ring. But then you get the like four Griffin. rings brought in with KD and Kyrie. Yeah, we're not. Ca- there only, there's, there's, there three, there's, there's three because we don't count KD's. Actually, there's only one because we don't count KD's rings over here because those are illegitimate, illegitimate because he didn't earn those. Steph Curry earned those. He was the best player. On, he was the finals MVP no, no. when he won. Steph Curry was still the best player on that team. He was, he was the finals MVP when they won. Kyrie has a ring on that team. He was the <laughs> finals MVP, Nico. <laughs> I know, but Kevin Durant. If I play with Steph Curry and and they were all the focus was on him, I could drop thirty a night too. I don't. I don't uh, okay, if you if you want to go at the Slim Reaper like that, you can. We I'm, also did go after Michael Rappaport today, or or he the, went after Michael Rappaport. Oh yeah, he, he there his DMs to Michael Rappaport came out today, and it was it was it was kind of funny. He went after his head. Those two uh, 
They, that would be a dangerous they, they verbal altercation. With a burning passion. Yeah. They, hurt, they hate each other. And now it's not Kevin Durant's burners hating Michael Rappaport. It's oh, legit it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the, the standings. Like we said, the East, kind of a wash. But the West is interesting more for the fact that the Lakers went from one all the way down to four. And it doesn't look like they're they're catching themselves a little bit, but it's almost like when you're falling off a cliff and you stick your knife in the side of the cliff, and then you're just waiting for the knife blade. You're to waiting break. for LeBron to come up with a helicopter and yeah, bring you back up. It's you're in cliffhanger. Sylvester Stallone is running out to you, and your hand is out there, and it's a very good possibility that you slip, your glove falls off before he's able to get to you. There's a I don't know. Break glass in case of emergency, except the trade deadline. I they just, didn't do anything. No, well, they bought it. They got it. Andre Drummond. So in the buyout period, which may help them. Look, Andre Drummond is oh. one of the best defenders, or not defenders, rebounders in NBA history. Yes, I said that. Look up the stats. His per game usage in the rebound rebound department is one of the best in NBA history. So that will help them. But who the hell am I going to give the ball to if I'm the Lakers to offensively to win you a game? Kyle right Kuzma. Now? God, don't give me that Kyle Kuzma bullshit. No, give it to don't Kyle give Kuzma. me that Kuzma bullshit. Give but. it to Kyle Kuzma in a game-winning situation because I and don't then, want it well, to happen. Then, yeah, ha- then you'll see what happens, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, Lakers are just trying to hang on to their life. I hope to God that they end up with a 6th, 7th, or 8th seed and they face the Clippers, the Jazz, or the Suns in the first round and then upset the hell out of them, especially the Jazz. Oh, imagine, imagine the Jazz having this great season. Yeah. And LeBron James returns for the playoffs. That would be so sweet. So bittersweet. Because I hate both those organizations, but I hate the Jazz a little bit more. But the Jazz have to get up 3-1 first. And then LeBron. Then LeBron. Oh, my God. Jimmy, Jimmy, don't. Goes out of the locker room. You're speaking my language, Jimmy. Oh, man. Hey, Space Jam 2 is coming out this summer, so. Yeah, let's go ahead and do this thing. Oh my god, I I would I would cry tears of joy honestly to see that happen again. Nico would go after the entire state of Utah, and only like a quarter of the state cares about the Jazz, anyways, which would be hilarious. And uh, yeah, that, I I I hope it happens. I want I'm rooting for that to happen. Uh, with the trades that the Nuggets made here, where do you see them falling in I the West we, standings? I think we stay in the four or five range. I don't think we jump the Clippers at three. I think we stay four four or five range. Do you think Rondo on the Clippers is going to be interesting now? No, they're not going to. Really they're not going to get playoff Rondo and. and they'll get playoff everybody. Rondo, but regular season Rondo will still show. Like, and then at some point, Clippers fans are going to get tired of him, and just like they got tired of uh, Paul George, and then you're like at a, at the come off, or you're at the point where, okay, Rondo can't do this. With you're this telling team. me we're going to get pandemic Rondo now? Not that far. It's still pandemic, Paul. Um, but yeah, if if you're the Nuggets right now, sitting at the four or five seed, you're in a great position because if the Lakers do fall a little bit farther back into that six seed, hopefully they don't they don't keep winning games and we're they're the five seed or the mm-hmm. four seed, and then we stay within that four to five range, then you get to play Utah in the second round, and that's exactly what we want. Exactly what you want because you get to avoid both LA teams and you get to go through Utah in the second round. That's a dream scenario because, look, dream scenario, Lakers fall back to the sixth seed, Portland stays the five seed, and we play Portland in the first round, rematch of two years ago, three years ago. Wow, three years ago now. Yeah, three, three years, years ago. ago. And then you play Utah in the second round if they make it that far. That's a, that's not a cakewalk. I'm not going to say it and, and, and kill myself or, or two months from now, but that's the best path to the Western Conference Finals you can get if you're a Nuggets fan. That would be a, a big draw. That would be something. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Now that the Nets have finished, they, they've set their 2K roster. They've gone in, forced all the trades that they needed to. 
can they compete with the Western Conference champion in a seven-game series? Right now, they're the best team on paper. Right now, they're no doubt the best team on paper. The question is, is if they face LeBron in the finals, what's going to happen? Because right now, like if if Lakers come back with LeBron and Anthony Davis, the Lakers have themselves a super team too. Yeah, like that's that's the big question. Because right now, the Brooklyn Nets should be the odds-on favorites because of the three MVP-type caliber players they have, and then all the role players, quote unquote, who are stars still. You you got a role player with a TV show right now. Like at this point, at this point, Steve Nash could run point guard, and this team will still drop, still drop fit or 130 points a game. Yeah, like. The Brooklyn Nets are the odds-on favorites. It's just going to come down to if they're able to get past a team like um, Milwaukee and be able to guard Giannis, that's a big question, or a possibility of playing Philadelphia in a seven-game series, which I think I still take Brooklyn in that series. But if you can get past those two teams, I think it's a cakewalk to the, or to the NBA Finals. But then who comes out from the West? Because I think they match up better against the Jazz if that somehow happens. Probably won't happen. Um, they, they match up better against the Suns, which definitely won't happen. I'm sorry, Suns fans, but it's not your year yet. It's it's early still. They match. The only team that gives me a little bit of trouble would be the Clippers or the Lakers. The Clippers can guard KD and um, James Harden with Paul George and Kawhi if they make it that far. That's the big question. And the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and anything can happen with that 36-year-old man. So that's that's the two spots where if you're the Nets, you don't want to face either L.A. team. But besides that, they match up better, really good with anybody. Did you see the new conspiracy that Jordan put together, the Nets, because LeBron is actually starting to make him sweat with the number of rings? He's like, no, no more. I want him done. At this point, we're going to see LaBella Ball in a Nets uniform. To LeBron's going to keep – or Michael Jordan's going to try to keep sugarcoating that for as long as he can because LeBron winning back-to-back rings at age 36, that's very that's a, that's a pretty damn good argument. How many finals would this be out of the last – uh, I think it's twelve. Uh, yeah, it would be eleven of the think, last twelve. We've, we've only had one finals. Eleven. It would probably be eleven tw- of the last twelve. Yeah, yeah, we've only had a one finals in this past or since twenty ten without LeBron in it. That's nuts. That's nuts. It makes it, it makes a hard argument against the last dance. I'll just I'll put it that way. Very true. All right, I'll let you take up forty minutes of basketball. Now let's do twenty minutes of football and twenty minutes of football for the YouTube channel because it's not. Close enough to the draft, and we're not through March Madness yet to start taking up a lot of time with that, but there's been some pretty big things that happened in the NFL world, so let's talk about the free agency, and then I'd have my first position rankings for quarterbacks. I did quarterbacks first. I'll do linemen next week, Uh, but let's start with just some of the news that happened. The 49ers, uh, they fell in love with somebody, and... I don't, we don't know who it is yet, but uh, they fell I, in love with somebody. I have a good idea of who it is, but they definitely have. It's not like they moved up to three and go, I hope somebody's here. They move it up to three and they're like, no, I'm, this they, is they my They have name. a belief. They know who, where number, how number one is going to go. Mm-hmm. They think they know how number two is going to go. So they obviously have someone in mind. They, they, whoever they like, they think Atlanta or somebody will trade with Atlanta to get whoever they want. I think that... Uh, I was listening to the the local Denver show, and this basically I agree with this basically means that the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks because first, it's first at minimum three. Yeah, at minimum three, probably first four, because uh, Atlanta can probably I think Atlanta's in a the way Matt Ryan's contract is set up, they're best to draft somebody and let him sit for a couple of years behind him so that they can eat more of his contract. But they went up from twelve to three, basically gave up their first rounders next year and then a couple third rounders as well and then 
Miami because apparently they're just playing Monopoly at this point. But Miami, they got the steal of the draft uh, because my, they got two more first-round picks. They traded back to 12. They had like eight first-round picks in the next three years. <laughs> and then they got back up to six because they obviously want Devontae Smith, and they see how the first five are more than likely going to go, and they're still going to get two as receiver. I still think they want Jamar Chase. Okay, they're going to get one of those two. Yeah, there's one of those two. Whether, but I don't, know, I, I don't know how they bamboozled Philadelphia Failed because Philadelphia, Philadelphia is is also a shithole right now. Well, but the, you got to stay at six and draft of, you know that they've drafted, they've passed on DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson in the past two years. And for guys that don't play, Jalen Rager doesn't play, and I don't even remember the guy that they drafted before there, DK. There was also rumors that the Eagles were interested in a quarterback at six. There was those rumors out there too. They would be the ones to draft Kyle Trask. Yeah, there, those rumors were out there, too. That would have been – I mean, poor Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Poor Jalen Hurts. I hope he gets moved on to a better situation because they already, they're already they already rumored to possibly be in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. That's also a team that I don't think are ever going to get him, but they're they're in this, that sweepstakes, and they were possibly looking to move on from Jalen Hurts already. I don't know what the, hell, what, what the hell any of this means because, honestly, right now the 49ers are in a position they traded all the way up like that. And then they come back out and say that Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Josh Rosen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. It's probably not going to be that way. Um, and that's who you have to worry about being on the move. It's not like John John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are going anywhere. The, they, the, they are signed there for as long as they want. The DiBartolo family has basically put those two in place to run the team how they want to. So at some point – I think Jimmy G is probably going to end up in New England or something like probably, that. More than likely, yeah. That's going to happen at some point. But I really do – I mean, maybe they keep him around because the guy that I think they're interested in, and we're, we'll talk about him a little bit more when we get to my uh, rankings because he's he's in my top three of quarterbacks, but Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Mainly because I know the offense that the Shanahan's like to run – and Trey Lance in that offense, if he learns the playbook for a couple of years under Jimmy Garoppolo, the athleticism that kid has on the bootleg West Coast offense, come on now, I come re- on. I'll be honest with you. I thought you were gonna you were gonna say uh, Justin Fields, because I because at three, I think the 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 uh, uh, the the 49ers could have got the fourth pick or the the sixth pick and still got Lance, because I think. There's a better shot. Fields goes three, or because because if the Dolphins stayed there, they still would have probably picked a receiver, and then at four, that's where the other quarterback would position would have came in play, and you could have gotten him at six because obviously the Eagles didn't want the six pick. It, it all comes down to the ceiling that you see Trey Lance having, and that's I'll save that for when we talk about that more. But I I think that 49ers are drafting a quarterback, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's this year or possibly next year. He's no longer going to be in in San Francisco. That's all all but sealed at this point. Yeah, there there's just there there's still sourness in San Francisco that Jimmy G was a reason why they lost because that team was pretty stacked all around. I'll I'll say that it was Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and the fact that Kyle Shanahan didn't trust Jimmy G enough to just put the game, at least give him a shot to win. That's it. fair. Don't try and take it out of his hands and then handicap the rest of your team. But also there's there's some other things. I I had a. I did a live reaction to that Super Bowl when I had center of attention, and it was almost like he couldn't stand he couldn't he just couldn't stand the fact that Jimmy G was his quarterback. He wanted somebody else. That's true. Um, 
other well other other news in NFL before we get to my draft rankings. Uh, free agency. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, what the Bengals have done because we've talked plenty about what the Broncos have done. Um, but there's now talk that the Bengals aren't going to go offensive line at five because they've signed some, I'd say, stop gaps. Uh, Reef, who was a tackle in Minnesota, he's 32. He's pretty good. He's good. No, I'll, I'm not saying that he's not good, but he's 32, and he's getting a little bit older. And I know what the Bengals do with older tackles, and that's, oh, you're gone. And then they go to Los Angeles and play in Super Bowls. But that's that's my own gripe. That's that's not anything anybody else has to worry about. As, as a person of a team that's swung and missed on some some linemen or Juwan James, yeah, people like that. I think you should be in the 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 possibility of having um, the the because the Bengals right now. Okay, obviously Penny Sewell is the diamond in the rough, the, the left tackle of the future. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm the Bengals, I would almost take the safe route and get Jamar Chase. Because, look, Penny Sewell is the sexy pick. You can have a left tackle for the future. What if he doesn't pan out? For me, Jamar Chase right now, that's a lock of a 1-2 duo. Because do me a favor, if you're a Bengals fan, go watch the 2019 LSU highlights. Just go watch that. And then think in the back of your mind, oh, my God, that can happen for 16 games of our season. There's Go watch a, those highlights and be like, why, why the hell would I not? I originally, at the beginning of the season, I said, Bengals can stay within that 5 to 10 range. Jamar Chase will be there. Because I was in the, the thinking of, you know what, why the hell not pair these two together? Because you get Joe Burrow his weapon. You have some fill-in tackles for if you struggle offensive line next year, you can fill that position with another O-lineman because there's offensive linemen galore always through call out to college football. Yeah. And... If Penny Sewell doesn't pan out, you more than likely will have a number one receiver because your receiving core then is Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, which is two, a great, Ty- great, great one-two punch. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, another one. And then all he has to do is show up the tight end position. And that's why I think Jamar Chase is that. I guess you're going to say Kyle Pitts, but no, I but think Jamar Chase should be the lock there. Hear me out. Now I, I got to pull up the draft order. Um but I think this uh, that move that the 49ers did, if I was smart and I was in the Bengals' draft room, which we already know that doesn't exist, but uh, with, uh, this, also, with also, this move, I think that the Bengals should trade back. Not too far, because I don't want to trade too far back and then, well, then miss you, out on then, Jamar Chase. Yeah, then you can – or, I mean – but I think, I, I think you fall back below six, then you're either going to get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. I think you sit where you're at because there's no doubt at I, six the Dolphins are going to go receiver. I'm saying trade back and try and get a very talented – maybe trade back with Carolina, and then you get – at eight, you get your receiving threat, and then you get uh, another I, – I just I, don't trade. I think you need to trade back and get more picks because if you don't go Penny Sewell – at five and sure up your offensive line for the future, you need to get a receiver. Plus, you still need to draft an offensive line. I'm going to guarantee you right now, Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell will not be there at eight. That's a guarantee. So you're not going to get one of those two. And I think those are the two. Then you draft. If, then if the I'm Bengals, saying you draft at Penny Sewell at five. I don't care. Okay, right, then, that, then that's the way it goes because yeah. you won't get either. You won't get either of those at eight. I guarantee you that. And that's and if you if you're the Bengals, you don't come out with way with either of those two then you had a terrible draft. I'm going to just be honest with you. Because if you don't come out of the way with Jamar Chase, which is Joe Burrow's friend, or Penny Sewell left tackle, it's a wash. So mm-hmm. you don't trade back from eight. No, I, I, that's what I was saying. If I could get both of those two, then I'm fine with not drafting Sewell at five. But if I'm going to hedge my bet on 
this the guy's the number one overall person at his position, and the guy's projected to be an all-pro offensive player in the NFL. Penny Sewell is, is that good in, in college, and offensive line's a little bit easier to project when you go to the NFL. So I wouldn't not take a sure thing and then bet on being able to fill a position a little bit later. There, there's still a lineman in this draft that no, there is, but if round. it's not Penny Sewell or Rayshon Slater, I don't want him right now. That's my that's my only thing. I want the best of the best because ben, I need. Ben Joe Burrow is throwing to scrubs out there for another year though. But it'd that's be the healthy. The, the, the way I see it, the free the way free agency has gone, Jamar Chase is the the, the odds on because you 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 wouldn't have got free agents left tackles and right tackles. And we'll see. Like like that that wouldn't have happened because you would have addressed the the wide receiver need in free agency, and they didn't. <clears throat> no, they didn't. And and it'll be interesting to see what happens. They signed uh, uh, the their other two signings on defense. They signed Larry Ogunjobi from the Browns, so stole him from Indivision, and then they got Hendrickson from New Orleans, which was surprising at first. But I was actually pretty happy with that one because they lost Carl Lawson, and he makes up with the pass rushing um, presence that they lost with that. So that's what the Bengals have done so far in free agency. Uh, Nico and I's argument there about what they're going to do in the draft is probably mainly because nobody knows what they're going to do in the draft, uh, no especially really, the Bengals. No one really knows who, what anyone's going to do. No, in the draft. it's it's a total crapshoot. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to rank the draft co- prospects at quarterback, and uh, let's just go ahead and I'll I'll get into it. First one, Trevor Lawrence, and my reasoning: he's six six and 220 pounds, the best prospect at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning. I think he's better than Andrew Luck he was in college. And he's got some upside to him to where he, he can be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback at the NFL level, I think. Uh, I have his basement player comparison at Nick Foles, so he's still a Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl MVP. And his ceiling is Peyton Manning and possibly more. That's the, that's the, where the I see The problem with that, with, with your comparisons, is he will be in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. If he falls to the Jets somehow, I I know I this is I it's weird for me saying this as a Jets hater all regular season all the time yeah <laughs> I think it'd be a much better situation with him on the Jets because the Jaguars I don't know what to think about the Jaguars anymore you the NFL right now I'll be honest with you wants Trevor Lawrence to New York too they don't want him washing away in Jacksonville. They're already trying to pump Zach Wilson up as the star so that yeah, they can make they're, up they're for already, yeah, Lawrence they're not being to, in New York. Yeah, they're trying to figure something out because Trevor Lawrence, I think Jacksonville is going to continue what they usually do, and that's not get him help. Or they'll get him help and then just completely wash away everything. Because if you remember, this Jaguars team, all the stars they had on their team four years ago? Three, yeah. four years five, ago? Actually, Made five to, years ago. It was 20, uh, 20, 2017. 2017. And they, they knocked off the Steelers. They got to the conference championship. They should have beat the Patriots, on it, but lost on a bad call. Lost on a bad call. And that team, there is not a single returning starter, I believe, from that team. Not a single one. And we are. I think oh, we had the Broncos had the last one, which was Bouye. Yeah. like like they, they That team completely washed away. And if I'm Trevor Lawrence, why the hell would you go, want to be there for longer? Because that's a situation where if I'm Trevor Lawrence, why the fuck not pull Peyton or pull John Elway? Because because if you're because you're if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're looking at your image, you could be a possibly one of the top quarterbacks in this league. But you're gonna go play in Jacksonville, where they're not even the second best, third best team in the state. And you're and you're supposed to be the face of that organization of the state. Where in New York, you will be the face of New York football. Like, 
that I, that's a situation where I wouldn't be surprised if that happens within the next month. I'll be on, I, I, as I, that, that's, that's nothing against Jaguars and their fans, but if you're Trevor Lawrence, why the hell would you want to go to Jacksonville? Maybe why? it's the, the Jets that blowing up Zach Wilson so hard. Because I think Zach Wilson's a little bit overrated at, at this point. Maybe they're trying to ball him up enough where the Jacksonville Jaguars that's, fuck up. Yeah, that's what I'm just put. Just get the Jaguars in their head just enough. They probably won't even draft Zach Wilson, but they'll think about it just enough that they'll draft somebody other yeah, than if Trevor. You're, if Lawrence. you're the Jets, you hype up Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as much as you fucking can. They look as Trey much Lance, as you this can. guy Trey Lance. He went to the same college as Carson Wentz. You you hype those up Jacksonville. As much you as remember? You, can. you remember? And remember you you recruited Justin Fields to Ohio State. You remember? That's all New York should be doing to Constantly, to Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, but if, if he ends up being my uh, basement comparison and Nick Foles, that means that he's not winning a Super Bowl on his original team, so I'll take it because he's going to probably end up somewhere interesting and, and we'll have a new Super Bowl champion. That's but fair. My second best quarterback in this draft is actually Trey Lance, and it's it mainly because of the athleticism factor. I think he's more athletic than Justin Fields. He's a little bit bigger than Justin Fields is, and he has a little bit stronger of an arm. Uh, he's 19, which is interesting. I, he's going to be coming in and ideal situation. Shouldn't be a starter right away. Doesn't play for a year, possibly two. Just like drinking, don't you can't play until you're 21, unless it, unless injuries happen, and then all bets are off. But I think he's going to end up in a good situation in San Francisco, unless he ends up getting drafted second by New York, and then it's not a terrible situation. He'll be with Robert Sala, but yeah. I think he's going to get drafted into this situation with Kyle Shanahan, and we're about to see what a damn good athlete at the quarterback position is going to do in this new style of West Coast offense that Kyle Shanahan's figured out. Because remember a couple of years ago when they were going into the Super Bowl, they didn't really use Jimmy G in the playoffs. They had a, oh, they ran immaculate, the ball yeah, they had an immaculate times run in the conference game. championship. Offensive lineman, fullback wise, be- but beautiful run, total, total, total beauty. But they're going to add a quarterback now that can actually make plays, and possibly make plays with his feet. He's an electric runner. I, you, I mean, like the only only slight I have with what you just said was what Justin Fields' pro day looked like today, with that four four forty. And you know what all those teams did to him today? Hey, you want to play receiver? Well, I mean, they could be doing that to Trey Lance. Well, uh, I don't know. I Justin Fields to me. He's my third. It's my top three are, are Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. He did earn some points back with me. This I, I've never liked him. I don't think that he's got. There's there's no there's no uh, slight there's no doubt that you are a constant Ohio State hater. So that and even when he was back in QB one, he was just arrogant, and it's not a confidence. It's arrogance. He he thinks that he is the best, and you have to have that. But it's not like a. He hasn't really done anything to deserve it. He's never won a championship anywhere. He's never really won at the highest level. He's talented, could possibly I have his his ceiling being probably Dak Prescott, maybe even a little bit better. But that's all I see out of Justin Fields. It's not like I'm seeing Hall of Fame career out of Justin Fields. That's I I, I still think Justin Fields can be a solid quarterback. I think it just depends the situation because I think he goes to Carolina. He could be a very good quarterback. I think if he's in Atlanta and gets to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two, I think that's a good situation. That's probably um, where it'll be. Where it'll be more likely. So that's maybe Philadelphia if they decide they still want a quarterback and try to trade up. I, I don't know. That, that, those if, the, they, if they the, decide. You can go the Broncos in that ring too because the Broncos have been interested in him a little bit. I doubt he falls to nine though. 
Mm, that'd be interesting. But uh, you want to know my basement comparison for Justin Fields? James, famous Jameis. Famous Jameis Winston. Hey, Jameis is going to be a starting quarterback next year. Maybe. He is the starting quarterback. They, they, Where? In New Orleans. He signed in New oh, Orleans. Oh, I didn't even know he signed. He signed in New Orleans. Oh, so they're not eating dubs in New Orleans anymore? Well, they, they signed Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. So Jason. So he's not a starting quarterback. He will be a starting quarterback at some point because Taysom Hill is, is not a quarterback. At some point, possibly. We'll see. Um, so that's, that's my top three quarterback rankings for this year's draft. Um, and I'll have my tackles probably I'll, I'll do uh, tackles and I, I won't lump them all in together at once. Um, but that's the only slide I have without, I mean, look, this, this, this class is pretty good. I heard a lot about Mac Jones, his pro day today. I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of good things though. I saw, I saw a lot of mince uh, winces and be like, a lot of, a lot of, e, I don't know he's, about this. He's so unathletic and such. I'd be worried about him getting hit by one of these NFL defensive saw, linemen and exploding. I saw the funniest meme. It was like the grown-ups scene where it's the two uh, um, daughters that are really good-looking, and it's it's Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and yeah. there's Mac Jones being the not-so-good-looking one. It's, it's 110%. By the way, Mac is short for McCorkle. For what? McCorkle. McCorkle? His name is McCorkle oh. Jones. Oh, God. Do not draft him now. Uh, stay his, away. His name is McCorkle stay Jones. Stay away. If that's true, no. Stay away. If do that's not, true. Do not let that happen. Oh. I trust you. I trust you that you're, that's it's, right. But do not draft him. It's McCorkle. Yeah. I hope he ends up on the Patriots now because that's a match made in heaven. There you go, Jim. You're going to draft McCorkle. All right. Let's oh go ahead and get into the break. Listen to a couple messages from our partners. And then when we get back. We'll uh, break down the Elite Eight and possibly some of the Final Four matchups as this Michigan-UCLA game is still going on. That's coming up here on the second half of the far end of the bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because – there's new jerseys coming out on that site, and, and not just jerseys and shirts. It's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They've got promo codes every single day. Um, great great deals, great content, great great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy? Well, I mean, it's it's March. It's April. Man, this we have lots of good stuff place. coming. But the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball yes, and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of the warm-ups from those universities and go get support your favorite team because all those just sick warm-ups, like I said, sick jerseys, Whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All-Star game just happened. NBA All-Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before. But go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. Go get you <coughs> excuse me, an All-Star warm-ups. I got an All-Star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. Go use But you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Thank you guys for sitting through those ads. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network in our show. Go check out the links in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We're also still selling those blue shirts that 
We uh, got made for our trip down to Gunnison. We still have some, so DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, $12 for the shirt, $3 for a sticker, 15 if we have both. Do we still have stickers? Yeah, we still have stickers left, yep. Okay, yeah, so we do the, still have stickers. Yeah, you can get any of those. Also, Fanatic stuff, the Final Four shirts are out, mm-hmm. um, so you can go get those on there. Those, those definitely got a snack. Jimmy's going to snag a Gonzaga one probably for some of his friends. Probably. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, baseball season started back up if you want to get a – Rockies jersey. Don't get a Rockies not. jersey. Don't, probably not a Rockies jersey. Get a Yankees jersey. Get some team's jersey Garrett or whatever. Cole. Use that, use that uh, Fanatics deal. Yeah, at FUOTB pod, link tree in the bio. That's where you can find all the links to it. Everything related to the podcast. All right, let's get back into March Madness. We started with it. Let's come out of the break with it. Why not? And let's do Elite Eight. So first off, let's start. Gonzaga USC happened yesterday, right? That was one of the games. For Gonzaga, U- yeah, USC was on Tuesday. Was it was on, on was on Tuesday. On so Tuesday, today, yeah, it came okay. out the day before. Let, let's out, do. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Baylor and Arkansas then, because I know that was yeah. Was Baylor, Baylor Arkansas was a good game. Um, Ar- Ar- it was very very high scoring, up tempo. Um, Arkansas just. They just ran into a lot of troubles offensively. Baylor had a great defense game plan. Like I said, in the in the Sweet 16 matchup, they can guard one through five. Mm. So they came up firing and make, and switching basically everything. And in Arkansas, just Moody and, and Jalen Johnson just did it. Not Jalen Johnson. Gosh, damn it. Uh, the guy, the Jalen Smith, the guy who transferred from Indiana, just did not have their best game. They got into foul trouble early. Uh, Arkansas just ran into a buzzsaw, unfortunately. And Baylor, they looked damn good. Baylor's number one seed for a reason. We forgot. There was a time I, I know that they went out and got beat up by, I think it was Illinois, but I think the week before that, they they were on a they, roll. They got beat up by um, Oregon State in the Big 12 champ, or conference semis. Oklahoma State. Oregon no, State uh, and yeah, Baylor Oklahoma are not State, in the yeah. – yeah. Oh, no, Oklahoma State. Oregon State is also in the Big 12. Or, yeah, Oregon State in the Big Pac-12. Yeah, I meant Oklahoma State. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> and you confuse me because they have the same colors. I was like, yeah, I, I get that confused all the time. Same, same. Uh, other game, speaking of Oregon State, Houston and the Beavers. Uh, Houston only beat Oregon State by f- six? Yeah. 67-61? Yeah, look, Oregon State made it close at the end. It was it was a game I, I had the under on and I had the spread, which was very, very interesting. Um, but, look, Oregon State, they, they just ran into a buzzsaw like in Houston. Quentin Grimes came out firing. That tenacious defense by Houston just came out big time at the last two minutes of the game because Arkansas was – there was chances for – excuse me, not for Arkansas. There was chances for Oregon State to get back in the game. They just weren't able to push through at the end. Mm. And it just came down to the wire, and Houston was just making free throws and making the right plays at the end. Well, that's what – Houston's had a good offense, but Houston's defense has Houston, been yeah, Houston, Houston, solid all Houston year. Baylor in the Final Four is going to be – very very good because it's going to be an absolute defensive battle. I would hammer the under on that one. Who, um, who are you going with? In, that, that, in this that is going to be a tough one. Like I think I might go Baylor just because of oh, man. Oh, that's it being one seed, and we've said that the one seeds are yeah, all going to lose. But yeah, that's just, that just hurts because. I like I like Houston a lot though because Quentin Grimes is a stud, Darrow is a stud. They got some big men that are just absolute animals. Um, but Baylor, man, what they what they're able to do defensively, just gives them gives me a slight edge toward them. I I don't know why. Like, I feel like I should not be doing picking this way because I think Houston has all the right tools and they've they've not necessarily dominated more, but they they've kind of shown a little bit more in my opinion. And Baylor has kind of been like they're good, but like how good are they? If that makes sense. Well, I mean, I I think that you're right to think that Baylor's just going to go in and, and probably assert themselves. 
because I think that's that's just it. We don't know how good Baylor can be, and what better time to pull it out than in the, the final, final four? four yeah, because <clears throat> getting to this point is fine, but nobody remembers who was in the final four. No, yeah, you, you remember the final. You remember the championship, you, maybe. You remember the you championship remember the games. Four. You remember the times that you played for a championship. You don't remember the times that you went to the semifinals. That's what people forget. The final four is just the semis. If you want to not make it fancy, that's all it is. It's true. Uh, it's, it's just it, it, this year, especially where the whole tournament's in one place. This is not really much special about it. Yeah, they're in a bigger stadium, but the Final Four is just the first out. Like, yeah. or first, like the 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 the, the, the teams no one talk about. Oh, it'd be a disappointing trip. It's like people, yeah, people I, that's about- totally. I totally get what you're saying because usually when you're playing in the tournament, you get to fly to one city for your first round, fly home, fly to the next city for the second round, fly home, and then yeah, for the final for four and national championship. Round of six, yeah. 64 all in the same, and then round 16, 8, and 8 the same, and then final four after that. And now all being the same place just adds a little bit of little It's just It there. would be frustrating if I've spent 16 days or however long they've been in the bubble. And it's bust, been longer than that, it's, I feel like. I busted my ass and won three games and then lost in the final four. That would just be – because this could be the dagger in the mission. Oh, gosh. Michigan's going to have a chance yeah, for the well, last shot. We're, we're going we're gonna, to um, – we'll, we'll finish talking about this. Cause oh, we're, they we'll called give, the timeout. Yeah, we'll give you a live reaction to this Michigan-UCLA um, end of the game. But let's finish talking about yeah. this while it goes to commercial. Um, but, yeah, like Houston and Baylor between Quentin Grimes especially and – uh, the shooting from Houston, I like people remember the final. People remember the upsets in the round of sixty-four more than they remember the final four. I feel like mm-hmm. because uh, people are people don't remember that year that Villanova, North Carolina went to the national championship. They don't remember who was in the final four. They remembered the VCU's. They remember the Wichita States that shocked the world. The no Royal Roberts or the Royal Roberts. Like that's where people remember and. You just gotta once you're there, you gotta take it in and be like, you know, we got there a region, but now we're here for a reason. And like, we are one of the best four teams in the country. Now we gotta show out. And if you're Baylor and Houston, there's no doubt about it about them those two teams being uh, one of the top four. Yeah, I mean Texas might not be back, but there's a lot of college basketball still being played for the state of Texas in Houston and Baylor. Other uh, Elite Eight game that's already been wrapped up. Gonzaga took care of business, like we said against USC. And extended their double-digit win differential, win margin streak that they've got going on right now. Gonzaga's rolling. Yeah, USC they're, just they're did not. Yeah, Evan Mobley had a great game. Don't get me wrong. Like, like he's going to be a great NBA star, like I've been saying. But Gonzaga just has too much. Drew Timmy. No one has an answer for this guy. No one. And it is crazy to think about that mustache celebration where he pounds a mustache and points up. I, I like, love it. I like the bowling when he gets the charge. Bowling, ball. too. Yeah, they're all just fantastic. The dude is Gonzaga basketball to a T. Oh, and the funny thing is, is there's probably more people on USC that'll play in the NBA than there are on Gonzaga. This is very. Uh, they're probably about the same. Jalen Suggs. On Gonzaga, so. But if you're thinking about the number one team in the country, you're thinking, oh, all these guys are going to be NBA, NBA stars. Yeah, they, no, they, won't, they probably won't <laughs> probably Suggs, and and that might be maybe 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 Timmy. I don't know, but Kirshner probably. I, I, I don't know. Timmy there's there's, there's not very many. But. Some of those guys. All right, Michigan just inbounded with 15 seconds left. Moving around to the left. Now at the top of the key, three-pointer, Franz 11 Wagner. seconds on the – What? Oh that didn't even hit rim. What in the what world is, is Franz doing? Wagner doing? And UCLA got the doing? rebound. That is such a terrible shot by Franz Wagner. Oh, my gosh. What in the world is the German doing? Yeah, your kraut just – Oh. <laughs> your kraut, your, your sauerkraut. He the, just threw that in the ocean. He had a wide-open three. And he oh, my did, gosh. He airballed it. 
That was the cleanest look he will ever get. And he didn't hit nothing. He didn't hit nothing. Oh, my gosh. Here comes the foul game now. Oh, yeah, man. I'm not. Wow. How about that? Look, Michigan still has a chance to possibly tie this. No, they, I know that they still have a chance to tie this, but I don't trust them. That's such a bad that's, – that's a great shot, actually. I take it back. That is a great shot. But airballing that? He's no, one, a, Franz Wagner is one of the better shooter, shooters in this game, too, in college basketball. That's crazy. 7.1 on the clock. UCLA is going to inbound against full court press. Oh, we got a foul before the inbound, so that's 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 key actually. So, uh, so look, Michigan's so, in the bonus though. The both teams are in the bonus. I yeah, think. Bo- I think both of them are, but Michigan being in the bonus. Oh now, no, yeah, they got they got to get get one more foul here. But that's that that's crazy, bro. How in the world does that? Like that's like if I just took that shot. Like I that's as should bad as you that did. shot. That is like hitting nothing. He should not airball that shot. And sorry that I yelled in everybody's ears. I was doing that. that, that he hit nothing. Not even the bo- not even net when he airballed. He hit nothing. No, uh, the net moved because of the breeze of the airball. <laughs> this is that's if there crazy. were people sitting behind the backboard. They'd all have a cold from from the, <laughs> from the, the wind, wind that blew by that. Like I said, that's that's Wagner. His brother got traded to the Celtics. If you read my blog Tuesday, uh, Danny Ainge has been watching too much of the tournament because Franz has been playing pretty well, unlike tonight. But yeah, that's it's it's crazy. Yeah, Both I mean, Wagner brothers, Mo Wagner as the UCLA guy makes a free oh. throw, clutch ice in his veins. One now more, we have a two point game. Yeah, one more, and it's basically because if it goes into overtime, I'm, Michigan I'm taking ha- UCLA. Yeah, Michigan overtime. has another t- two timeouts, so they use one here to I try to ice him, try to ice the kicker. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't want to necessarily move on and just say that UCLA is going to win this because it crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. And if it wasn't the night before that we have to get this put up on the network, I probably would be fine with just letting it go. But we'll, we'll still have it on and we'll update when the winner happens. <clears throat> is that going, either of these? Yeah, going back to the USC Gonzaga game. Uh, I mean, just moving forward into that final four matchup for the bracket. I think happened. I think Michigan or UCLA, whoever comes out of this, I think is going to be a nightmare matchup because I think Gonzaga between Timmy and Kispert and and all those great studs they have, I don't think they match up with this team at all. No, this is is this going to be Gonzaga's gonna... toughest matchup in the tournament? Does mm. it is it less than a ten point differential? Yes, if they play UCLA, it's not because I'd say I'd say maybe USC was the biggest competition and then i throw in uh if michigan wins though and does pull this out of their ass somehow then 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 th- that is the toughest competition they have but crazier things have happened like i said the last first four team to make it into the final four was vcu yeah and now if ucla is able to do it crazier things happen and like i said ucla basketball school that's, ladies and gentlemen that's a t- 110 percent of basketball school they have no affiliation. They have a football team. And their football stadium, amazing. Rose Bowl, Bowl, one of the most beautiful stadiums I've ever been to. I got a chance to go there for a UCLA game. Not a great UCLA game, but. Well, yeah, that was your mistake. Experience, you went to yeah. the UCLA game and not the Rose Bowl. Oh, oh he misses it. Here we go. So, uh, timeout, yeah. Oh, oh we, got a, we got a two-point game here. here. We got a game winner on our hands, Jimmy? Two-point ga- two game, 3.8 left. Michigan has to go for the quick two here. You don't. You don't. I don't know. Maybe at the same time you UCLA go for the win. is not going to let them try and get a two-point shot. They're that's gonna, that's gonna huge, though. They're going to force a three-point, especially after the last possession. No, that that's huge, though, because you negate the option of if he made that, that you could have fouled and sent them to the line, and then there's a much better chance you win the game. That's something we've seen a lot more these days is we have those options of 
with a, if you're down if you're only if you're if the other teams if you're up by three the other team has a chance to tie it with three you foul send them to the line where he only shoots two and then less time is on the clock mm-hmm. so that you have a higher possibility of winning now with that missed free throw Michigan has has some sort of chance here it'd be so interesting to see what happens I was going to say that he called a timeout before there was just three points three points it seconds. looked like there should have been around like four seconds yeah. but they'll they'll have enough time to to catch the inbound and then dribble a couple times. But it's not going to be – I mean, the crowd that's in there is be, being treated to a, a hell of, of a game. Oh, oh yeah. It's really cool that they're able to get some crowd into that arena because this is this is probably one of the better games of the tournament, 100%. Like, yeah. top to bottom, this has been an all-out war. That's that's what you have. These schools that have the, the history behind them, you can never really count them out. That's what a lot of people do when it gets to the tournament time. That's why everybody never – you don't really see Kansas losing in the first round just because they uh, – Yeah, yeah, you never – they're I always know, the second round. I'm, the they, second round usually. Yeah, the second round. They won't ever lose in the 64. They'll lose in the 32. I'm just – Man, look, this – I think you go alone. for two here. Yeah. Michigan has to go for two here. UCLA – I think we may have an overtime on our hands, and then we really might be fucked <laughs> trying to call this game while we're trying to record the rest of this episode. So, um, but we'll we have still to got a see. few minutes before we got to move on. We're we're still in the in the time frame for the NCAA basketball talk that we we put on for the episode, and we already broke it down. Gonzaga's going to beat whoever comes out of this game. I don't. I don't. I'm not positive because if UCLA somehow pulls us off as Smith inbound three, three seconds, he took a three. Oh! Oh, he missed the game. He winner. missed it. How much time's left on the clock? Cause that's 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 Michigan ball. No, they're giving it to UCLA. He just pointed to UCLA. There's gonna be some time clock on the clock. I swear, I thought they might have given that to Michigan. They gave it was Michigan. I'm pretty sure. He pointed that direction. Oh, that's cool. a good look. That's a really good look too. Two clutch shots. Yeah, that's going. That's Michigan ball. Uh, There's like point five left on the clock. That's that's enough time to catch and shoot possibly. Yeah, that's off the arm of UCLA. Yeah, yeah it was, it's Michigan ball. Damn it. Yeah, that's off That's off UCLA 100%. Just let it go out, kid. That would have been. That, that guard for Michigan, Smith, is also a really, really good player. He's he's had a hell of a tournament. Especially with Livers out, he's been one of the best players for Michigan night in and night out. That's a good look. That's, that's a shot you live with. That's similar to the Ohio State shot that the guy missed, Washington missed at the top. I guess the right guy you want shooting the ball. Yeah. Although he missed it, it's it's tough, but that's 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 the right right shot. I trust that guy shooting a three more than I'd trust the uh, just the way the other guy looks. I know that Wagner shoots. He's not a he shoot he's a shooter. He's right? a shooter, yeah. But he just that by is, looks alone. Yeah, Smith you don't is let him shoot again no. with, with the online. I wouldn't let Smith shoot another one with a game on the line. You, you oh, had point the shot five seconds left. You got to tip it in. You got a quick shot. Throw it to the backboard. You're, if you're UCLA, you throw the biggest guy you have on the ball. Don't let anything easy Here get thrown in. Hopefully, get a tip ass. in. Hopefully, oh, you get they're a, gonna call a damn timeout. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good timeout for UCLA. But yeah, if you're the <sighs> if you're if you're if you're the, if you're your guy on the ball, you try to go after a tip. Like if you if you if you get a tip off your fingers, game's over. Like that's the most important person part about this. The guy on the ball giving and disrupting as much as you can. If you get a tip off your hand, the clock runs, game's over, no shot at all. That's what you got to go for right now if you're UCLA. Because 0.5 seconds left, that's barely enough time to catch and shoot. That's a quick catch and shoot. And then you're you're in a situation where if it's a tip in, you just don't want to foul. That's the next thing. Because you foul, because then, then you're fucked. 
Ima- yeah, imagine an and you one give here. Up the, yeah, the possibility to lose. Oh boy. If Mich- Michigan's probably just going to throw it at the backboard, right? Or try to try to get no, it they, this close. No, you just got to throw something up. They probably are sending a pick, possibly for Dickinson, or I would say maybe um, the other big guy. I forgot his name, but they're going to try to get something toward the hoop, or they're going to try to pick and pop, like find Wagner. It's probably not a good option. Or Smith on the three-point line for a catch-and-shoot. Yeah, I don't. It looked like they were. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't have anyone on the ball. That's the next thing. What the hell are you doing? You got to have somebody on the ball, because, like I said, that's 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 the most important part here right now. Are they? They're not going to a commercial break, right? No, they're not okay. going to a commercial break. Come on, basketball takes long enough at the end of the games. Come on now. All right. In- interesting. Half a second. Dickinson's throwing it in. That's very interesting, I think. Half a second, and Michigan's going to be inbounding underneath the Bruin basket. Trying to, at least. Dickinson gets it Wagner. in, and they got the Wagner. shot off. Oh, oh. off no good. UCLA makes it to the Final Four. How about that? Oh, How about that? All what right. a game that was. Yeah. Wow, great ending. Shout out UCLA. Second 11 11 seed to make the Final Four since VCU, or first team since VCU. What a great ending. UCLA, man. That was a hell of a game. Michigan, not it. That's that's a bummer. I lost a lot of money on that right there, unfortunately, too, because I had Michigan and Gonzaga parlayed. Damn, that's a bummer. But how about UCLA? I should have figured that we wouldn't have three number one seeds. What, What am I thinking? Thinking that that was a possibility. That's, uh, what what a great game, man! Look, UCLA. I don't know if they have the dogs to beat Gonzaga. That's the only thing. They don't no, have they the, were fouling out at the end of this game. They barely hung on depth wise for Wolverines yeah. and Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a different is a different different breed. But that's Wagner. That's a guy you get the ball to though. Oh, he almost banked it in too. Yeah, he almost banked it in. Almost made up for the air ball that we saw earlier. That air ball is going to come back to haunt him forever. He he's going to be a first round draft pick too in the NBA because he's a pretty good shooter. But that's just very unfortunate. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, basketball talk for the episode. So you got a little bit of a, a taste of what you can catch on ColorCast as we continue to go forward. Because like we said, we're still going to be doing that. Um, but now we get into our segments, which is, I our segments are starting to become my favorite parts of the show. I listen to every single show every week, by the way. I'm the one live tweeting it. Because uh, Nico likes to say I'm a little bit weird and like to hear the sound of my own yeah, voice. Yeah, I still hate listening to the sound of my voice. I can't stand it. But Let's start uh, most dominant team of the week. I'll let you go first. It's Gonzaga. Hmm. I'm going Gonzaga 100% because what they did to USC and what they did to Creighton, what they, what they did to uh, Appalachian State. like Norfolk, Norfolk, Norfolk State. Norfolk State, yeah. God, I always get the 16 seeds messed up. And then they beat, um, oh, who was the 8 seed? Oh, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, what they did, Oklahoma. This Gonzaga team, if they don't win it this year, it's an upset. Like if they don't pull it out, like this is this is their best shot they've ever had to win the um, win a national championship. If they don't win it this year, it's going to be a problem. I didn't realize few hasn't hadn't won one. He hasn't won one at all. He's made one national championship or not one national championship appearance. And they got the rail too. No, I mean a yeah. casual basketball fan like me, I'm thinking Gonzaga's over here with a lot of national championships <laughs> no, in the last no couple no, decades. No, 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 no that is not none true. of the coaches that are left have won a national championship as a coach. That's what yeah, I, I'm that's pretty true. sure I saw. Yeah. Houston, no. Scott Drew has the farthest, far, farthest. They've made it. UCLA, Cronin has not made it as well. 
Yeah. How about this? I'm, I'm very excited for this Final Four. This Final Four is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, obviously Gonzaga will be in the favorites, but I think Houston and Baylor is going to be a toss-up. That's going to be the best game of the tournament right there. No, don't say that. We, Baylor and Gonzaga in the National Baylor, Championship. Gonzaga, or Honestly, Baylor, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Houston, I think is going to be a fantastic game. Watch UCLA, they'll break break hearts again. Probably. My buddy Caleb, Probably my not. buddy Caleb, who's a big UCLA fan, shout out Caleb. He's gonna be loving life if they pull this off. He's probably. Hey, hey, Pac-12. Where are they, Jimmy? Oh, the pa- the, the conference the, of champions, the baby. Softest conference in the country. The yes. conference of champions. The softest conference in the country. Conference of champions. We're the spring conference. We'll let you have the spring. Nobody cares about spring sports. Um. All right. My most dominant team of the week: the Colorado Avalanche. Eight zero and two in their last it's ten. About games. damn time this team's rolling. Yes, and it was a five to one win over Vegas that kind of sealed their most dominant team of the week, and then came back the night after that, a two three loss in overtime but hey you still got a point out of it that's all you really care about right now you're the two seed comfortably and i think you're gonna remain the two seed possibly have the chance to take over the one seed in the west that's the the knights avalanche playoff series once we get there oh that's gonna be some good hope knock on wood we get there knock on wood we get there knock on wood we get there because that that would be a lot of fun that's uh that's my most dominant team of the week all right let's get into what's brewing and we both have UFC What's Brewing, is funny enough. I'll uh, I'll go first with this one. This is presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company, our friends over there, uh, Scott, and all the uh, our friends, all the great beers that they have on their tap. If you're in the Gunnison Valley area, it's worth the drive. Go out there, check them out. Also follow them on their social medias, at High Alpine Brew. Uh, my What's Brewing, the UFC title fights that are, could be on the horizon. We, we do have one that's confirmed. Michael Chandler and Max Oliveira is going to be for I the... I think it's very interesting how, why they did that instead of it is, giving Gaethje another shot or... I was thinking Poirier. that, I too. I mean, Poirier is also getting the money fight in McGregor again, so... Oh, they did they confirm that? It's almost all but confirmed that I, that's happening. I was again. thinking that they would probably throw out another title eliminator. You probably, that that kind of pisses me off because then McGregor's going to be a possible fill-in for the title fight, no, too. No, no, they won't do that. They, they'll, they'll throw they'll throw Gaethje or they'll throw... Um, Poirier, like they'll, they'll they'll run it back, or they'll have him face one of those two. He won't get thrown in right away. He's gonna because because I was thinking that they would do Michael Chandler, Max Oliveira, and then have the co-main be Gaethje and Poirier because you do that a little bit to make sure that you have somebody to step in in case the main event falls out. And like we said, those four guys all deserve a title shot. Those four guys at that division are the best four guys at the division. Um, and then the other thing that's kind of this is why it's a what's brewing because there's some drama. John Jones and Dana White subtweeting each other. There's always something. Yeah, well, they're they're subtweeting, but verbally in their press conferences. There's always something. Dana White just needs to pay John whatever he wants because whatever he pays John, he's going to see that much and ten times as more. Especially if you get Ngannou Jones or Ngannou Miocic again and then Miocic Jones. Like, we get any of those matchups, that's already a dream. He would make the... Pay pay John the money so that we get John and Ganu and then have Stipe fight the winner of that fight. Or unless it's a close. It needs to be those three in the picture. Yeah, we were talking a little bit because we were here on Saturday night. We watched the main event after the Houston game finished. I don't want Stipe to get a rematch. I mean, you're. Gonna, I know that you it's the rubber match. I get get a rematch, but not an immediate one. That was. I don't know. I think I think brutal. I think Stipe will come back with a better game plan because I think he he still has no other human being can take shots like he can, and what he was able to take in the first round that's 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 enough for me to say that he could possibly upset him again and come back. 
I, I say the complete opposite. I think he gets touched by Francis again, and he gets knocked out. He got knocked out with a jab. About 20 jabs. Well. He was also getting pummeled in the first round, and he got out of that. It, did, it wasn't one jab that took him down. It was 20 different jabs that they that kind of kept That fight rolling. could have been stopped five minutes before. It yeah, did. it could have been stopped in the first round, but Stipe kept getting up. So that was it wasn't like it was I one don't jab. Think, I think he got It was just a nail the in the coffin. I don't know. I don't see that fight going any differently a third time, honestly, but I could be wrong. We're going to get to see a, a trilogy fight. I, I think it makes more sense to have it be Jones versus Francis now. Uh, same reason we were saying that why Jones didn't get a fight before he's going to get this fight against Nganu. You don't want the chance for him to slip on a banana peel and get beat. You want the two. You, you've never had a better chance to either build a superstar or some superstar. Superstar? Yeah. Playing a little bit of Warzone. Build engine, a superstar or cement a greatest of all time, and that's what you have with the Francis Jones fight. If Jones wins, you cement your greatest fighter I of think all if, time. I think if it was Stipe, you still could have said that. You, yeah, but, but now you... He would have to beat him two more times. With the way that he got beat in this last fight, he would have no, to beat no, him. No, no, I'm just times. saying if Cipe had won that fight, mm-hmm. if it was Cipe oh, versus John C- Jones, it still would have been cemented John's legacy as the greatest of all time. Yes, yeah. That's right, what I'm saying. Right. I'm yeah. saying, yeah, okay. if Cipe would have won, yeah. I got you. And then if Francis wins, obviously he beat the greatest pound for pound fighter probably that we've ever seen, or at least most and talented. New star. And yeah, he's going to be the, and he's the heavyweight. He's a legit baddest man on the planet. It's true. Uh, right so, up, right up. He he'd be right up there with a lot of like the boxing greats. I mean, not the Muhammad Ali's yet, but he you could put him in a conversation of the Joshuas, Furies, and the uh, Wilders. Oh, uh, I think he'd yeah. I think he would be probably the top active champion for sure of all combat sports for heavyweights at least. Yes, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, for my for my what's brewing return of Nate Diaz, ladies and gentlemen. We got Nate Diaz versus Rocky Edwards, Leon Edwards at UFC 262. Coming in, Leon Edwards, his fight with um, Hamzat got got thrown thrown off. Finally, get to see both guys return. Both guys have been talking a lot of shit for a long time. And like the Diaz brothers talking shit. Oh, that's what? I know, crazy, crazy. There's think about, now, next thing you're gonna tell me they're smoking joints too. Yeah, but Diaz is always an you entertaining no. fight. Yeah, <laughs> Diaz is always an entertaining fight. I'm excited for it because whenever he's in the in the octagon, it's a good time. Rocky Edwards. He hasn't fought in like a year and a half, so it's good to see him coming back because he's a guy who could be in the um, discussion for a title fight very soon as well. He, I wish he would have came back a little bit sooner because now the last thing that I remember with Edwards is the three piece and a soda that he got backstage from. Yeah, that's that's anything. <laughs> that's all everyone remembers. Yeah, that was well. That was also those dudes in Miami, especially the backyard brawlers, were different because it was almost like if you don't know what I'm uh, what we're talking about look up Jorge Masvidal three piece in a soda Kimbo and, slice videos well, as well that, yeah, those two that's Jorge came up through Kimbo's backyard fighting circuit and then he walks over to Leon Edwards who's running his mouth thinking oh we're just hyping up a fight no there's no in the 305 there's no we're just hyping up a fight it's we're getting ready to fight or we just fought that's the only that's two true. only two places that they exist and he came up and and knocked him out yeah that i believe that's that's I think that's in, no, it's a different card because two sixty one is Masvidal versus 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 Usman, or it might be two sixty two is Masvidal. Two sixty one is Masvidal versus Usman. Usman, so two sixty two. I don't know the type. I think the maybe the two sixty two is the Oliveira Chandler. Yeah, that's right. So that's that, that'll be on that card. So I'm I'm that card's gonna be really good. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah. Um. So those are a lot of big things coming up for the UFC. I think that. Uh, it's interesting that it took so long, but we do just mention the fact that we have three African 
born or at least African heritage UFC champions. Champions, yeah. Uh, 185 pounds, Izzy Adesanya, 170 pounds, Kamaru Usman, and now heavyweight well. Francis Ngannou. So that's pretty cool. We're living in a time where there's history being made like that. Yeah, I know it, it's it's great for the sport. I mean, look, UFC has done a great job of extending the sport outside of the United States, whether it be Habib as well, or or fighters from outside of outside of the North America. Hey, Booba alone, the so. Bear got a got a big win too. <laughs> that that is true. Booba people the Bear. people like that a, a, a yeah, lot. Yeah, Booba the Bear was. I mean, he's he beats little bro, little brother. So. Yeah. yeah, and Coach Habib made his debut and he looked pretty That's good true. too. All right. Uh, that was What's Brewing presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company at High Alpine Brew. Let's get to Off the Hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network, and I'll let you start with this yeah, one. Yeah, my Off the Hinges, it's pretty easy. What the fuck are they we doing with the 17-game season bullshit? Okay, it's cool for the fans. It's cool for the team, but we're really hurting the players because, yes, as, as a fan, as a person that's covering the sport, it would be cool to have another game, but this is some of the stupidest bullshit I've ever seen. Last year, we had a 16-game season. That's not including play, preseason because we didn't have preseason. And we had some of the worst injuries we have seen in a regular season happen. And you're telling me we're going to have the same offseason, basically, where most of it's virtual and, and it won't be a whole lot of connection in between. And now we're, now we're going to throw four more games at them, one where it's fully competitive. That's ridiculous. Look, cool, it brings in more money. But at some point, the players got to stand up and be like, you know what, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be doing this. And – Consider what pisses me off more about it too, especially is that they didn't add another bye week. Like the the addition of having another bye week makes it life a lot more easier. Having eighteen weeks where where you can have COVID things happen, where teams have to miss or whatever maybe, where's leeway for that. That's the logical thing to do. But all Goodell saw was you know fuck it, let's throw another game out there, a meaningless game where they play a team from the other conference that doesn't matter. And that's all he saw. And I think it's just ridiculous that they're doing that. Lots of players have been coming out saying this is BS. And people are saying, well, you just play the game of football. It's ridiculous. It's like, well, okay, you go stand out there with 300-pound men constantly beating your ass for 17 games. 16 games is already a lot with one week. If we saw what happened with the Steelers when they had to use their bye week in week two. Now imagine they have to go fucking 15 games in a row. That's just ridiculous. They're not looking out for the team players. They're not. They're really not. And and anyone that says otherwise, I think you're being ridiculous because this is all it is is a revenue base and having the extra game is just making it ridiculous. You're all you're doing is adding another TV sponsorship or adding more money to your pockets, Roger Goodell. And you're not thinking of the health and safety of players. And we are in a point now where we are going to see even more injuries, I believe, next year, and it could be worse. Correct me if I'm wrong. The NFL just made just did redid their TV deal and they're getting thirteen and a half billion dollars. Ridiculous that they so, thought that they thought so about adding one more game without another bye week. The fuck is this thirteen million that you're gonna make for this extra game gonna do? You're making thirteen and a half billion dollars. You're making more money and you couldn't have fans this season. It's, it's the it's the NHL salary cap is eighty one and a half million and it's staying there. Mm. The NFL didn't need this. I agree with you, and it's it pisses me off. I don't have friends. I'll just tell you right now. I don't have friends that tell me the the people who just think that athletes should shut up and dribble or don't don't say anything, don't complain because you make this much money or you get paid this much for the, the skill set and the job that you do. If you if your job had as much at stake as if your job made somebody thirteen million dollars, 
you would get compensated for that accordingly. That's the difference. That's why they can sit there and complain about having to play an extra game, making $30 million a year, and you can sit on your couch and watch them play an extra game because that's what that's what this is. They'll, nothing's going to change out of it. The NFL not caring about the safety of their players. We know that they covered up concussions for 25 years. It's just, it's just bullshit because, look, the Broncos added another game and they play the fucking Lions. What revenue does that bring in? Like just people coming to like the at least be somewhat smart and throw in another bye week or throw I look and, and also I'm a big component on there being four preseason games because the fact of the matter is you just took away a job a guy that ha- got a chance that maybe like a Phil Lindsay type of player who wasn't on the Broncos roster three years ago who showed out in the fourth final preseason game and earned a roster spot you just you just give to that way the game away Terrell Davis, too. Terrell Davis, too. You just got, gave that away, and now we're at a point where preseason, there's a reason why preseason was four games. And and you try to cover it up by taking one away and adding it, adding a meaningful game. You're not hurt helping anybody. You're not helping anybody but yourselves. Not extra meaningful game, depending on where it is in the season. It's going to mean for less. The, the reason why the NFL is so exciting and there's so much at stake each week is because there was only 16 games and you had to at least win 10 to be guaranteed pretty much a spot in the playoffs. Uh, now, with as many games as they're going to be playing, and I don't even know how all the schedules and records are going to work out, it's going to be totally different. It's going to it's it's going to be the way things are, and I hope that they don't expand it because there's the possibility that this just starts a domino effect where they expand it a game every single year up until then they better they better fucking add another bye week. If they go one more game, I guarantee you they can't they wouldn't be able to do that without at least adding one more bye week. There should have been now with 17. There's, I mean, I agree with you, but they won't be able to get away with two more games and no bye week. It, it's a strange thing. Speaking of making money hand over fist, my off the hinge Jesus is, is actually a little bit more in the positive light. Uh did, did you realize that in the month of January alone, Colorado generated over $327 million in revenue for the daily betting apps? How about that? And How about that? I guarantee you probably a lot of that is from my household. <laughs> Whether it be my older brother who bets on every single event, myself who loses money every single night. I just, like I said, just give take me it, money. Yeah. Just take I'm the money. I'm not even placing a bet. Just take my money. <laughs> just take the money. Like That's cool to see. That's, that's really cool to see because sports betting – if you do it the right way, it's it's awesome for people that that get a chance. It adds meaning to games that you don't necessarily like to watch. Like I said, like some of the sweet the round of sixty four games where I was like, "This is a toss up." You know what? I'll throw money on it. Mm-hmm. See, like I was watching that. Oh, I can't think of it. The or the Oregon or was it Oregon State? No, it was it was the Houston. Um, oh my God, who did they play in the lead eight? The the Houston Oregon State game. Yeah, Houston Oregon State game, and I was watching it. So in excuse me, so intensely because the spread, I had the spread and then I also had the over and and I was just, I was yelling at the screen for two teams I don't care about. That's what's so cool about sports. It doesn't matter what team you support, what thing you support. If you're able to get invested in no matter how it is, it just adds the bonus to it. And when you, I think it's similar, obviously not the same thing, but similar along the lines of when marijuana sale was legalized mm-hmm. in Colorado. When you get this extra revenue stream that you weren't necessarily thinking that you would have, it benefits everybody, and, and I don't know how they're the, – the thing about this, that was from January, mm-hmm. and that was along a string of nine months where a new record has been set for revenue generated by daily sports betting. So we've probably already gotten to close to half a billion dollars in Which is revenue awesome, generated yeah. now. I don't know how that's being used, but it could be used in 
good ways because sports betting like marijuana is not legal in every single state. You can't do FanDuel in, in, in specific in states. states. So yeah. I'm sure that the money generated in Colorado goes back to it somehow. So great great on them. In the midst of everything that we're going on, the fact that their money's kind of tight now, we at least have a couple fallbacks and we have ways to boost revenue in the state that I feel pretty good about where Colorado is as a whole. Oh, 100%. Colorado is the best state in the United States. Oh, and no. that's and that's 110% biased, but it's 110% true. True. It's facts. You're sitting here with two Colorado natives. What the fuck did you expect? It's facts. All right. Uh, that was the Off the Hinges presented by the Unhinged Network, Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them at Network Unhinged on Twitter and Unhinged SN on Instagram. UnhingedSN.com is where you can find the blogs. Nico just had a blog come out today. I've been having blogs come out recently. New blog every single, I think we're t- switching it to weekdays, every single mm-hmm. weekday so that nobody has to work on the weekends. You can still do your Sunday one if you want, but I don't want to post blogs on Saturday morning. That's, That's fair. Thing. That's very fair. Um, all right, let's move on to what's on your screen, presented by Fubo TV at Fubo TV. The link in our bio gives you a free seven-day trial for some cable television without a cable contract or cable cord. I'll go ahead and say this one because it's over now. I watched TNA Lockdown 2006, and, and by the way, TNA Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Not what you guys were thinking of. I'm going to be on the main event Mark's podcast. One of our partners, one of the other shows on the Unhinged Sports Network uh, with Troy. And we're great. we're going to be reviewing the TNA Lockdown 2006 pay-per-view. If you haven't listened to their show, I would highly recommend listening this week because they're doing WrestleMania 21, which, if you remember correctly, was when John Cena and Batista won the championships. John Cena oh. beat JBL for the WWE Championship. I can't remember that far back, I'll be honest. Well, it was they were doing WrestleMania 21, and it was a pretty big event. So check their show out and get a feel for how it goes. And then I'll be on next week to talk about some TNA. Yeah, I mean, look, lots of good stuff coming for the network. I'll be on two for chirping as well, which oh, we'll talk yeah. about a little bit later. So oh, yeah. lots of good stuff coming out from us, not only our show this week. But, yeah, for my what's on my screen, do I have to say more? It's the Final Four. Final Four. We got Saturday. Saturday, uh, we have Gonzaga versus UCLA now. Going to be a really fun one because I don't know if UCLA can shock the world. That's going to be a lot of fun. UCLA. And then the game I'm really looking forward to is Baylor versus Houston because I think that's going to be an all-out war. All at war, and I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The final four, and also, not it's not going to be on my screen, but I will be in the seats of the uh, um, Denver Nuggets return back to Ball Arena with fans. To, uh, as we recorded this Tuesday, um, they allowed uh, first responders and their families into the arena, which is awesome to see. And then Sunday, we have the return of Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton and the Orlando Magic come into Denver, play on Sunday, um, and I will get a chance to go and be there for the game. So I'm very, very excited to be back because I haven't been back to Ball Arena in probably – a year and two months, a year and a month. Oh, it was the Pepsi Center. Yeah, it was. It was a, it, the last time I was there for it was for a Post Malone concert on like March 9th of last year. It's been a minute to a place I've called home for many years. It's been a minute, and it'll be good to be back. It it hasn't. The Ball Arena has yet to hold fans. That's the crazy sure. thing. It was not. It was the Pepsi Center the last time that fans were able to go to an Avalanche game or a Nuggets game or though. Nuggets game or Mammoth, but. I, I Nobody mean, goes to Mammoth Camp. Hey, put a little respect on, on the indoor lacrosse. I, they, that, uh, yeah, the revenues aren't really that big, but it's like the CFL. That's, hey, the Colorado Crush, we're there, though. I do. Everyone remembers the Colorado Crush days I the love AFL, the Colorado Pe- Crush, in yeah. Pepsi Center. Yeah, that was John Elway's first executive First role. baby, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's what's on our screens this week, and I'm sure you'll be breaking that up with a little bit of NBA basketball, too. Oh, 100%. There's 100%. not wall-to-wall college basketball. Yeah. 
Um, I'll be betting on some basketball games, of course, all weekend long. Of course. Uh, that was presented by Fubo TV at Fubo TV on Twitter and Instagram. Like we said, that link in our bio gives you a free seven day trial. Uh, all right. Bench warmer of the week. Uh, do you want to go first on this? Uh, one? Mine was going to be Illinois because they're all being one seeds in the Final Four. It's still Michigan lost. Is it going to be? Is it <laughs> it's Big Michigan. 10? Oh, I was going to say it's Michigan. I'm just going Michigan straight up because yeah. you Michigan probably had one of the easier, not easier rounds. I take it back because they've had to play four state and they had to play some good teams, but they had there were they had one game to beat UCLA and that air bowl. I, actually, I, I'm gonna throw Franz Wagner into this conversation oh, too. I'm throwing, wow, the I'm, circle I'm, of life that we've gone through on this podcast because in the Sweet 16, you gave nothing but love to Franz. Yeah, and now Franz, the air ball three at the end of the game. Yeah, that's my bench warmers of the week. Franz Wagner and Michigan. That's yeah, that that you can't beat that. That's I'll, I'll give an honorable mention to Big Ten because you have. No representation. No representation. Left. Hey, Pac-12, baby, conference of champions. That's fucking true. I just now thought about that. Pac-12 has one left. Big Ten brought nine, has none. None. Pac-12, conference of champions, baby. Never forget. God damn it, Bill Walton. Why does Bill Walton have to make you sense? Know, you know, I've I've met Bill Walton. I, the UCLA Rose Bowl game I went to. My buddy, who was a big UCLA fan, got a, got a picture with him, and I got to take the picture. It was, it was, it was, it was, he wasn't high off his ass though, so not yet, not yet. Yeah, <laughs> but that was later in the night. Uh, my bench warmer of the week: the Buffalo Sabers, because they played. Now that's just that's just me, Jimmy. They you're, played you're thirty-four games and they've only won six. You're being a dead horse now. I feel bad for that poor. Resolution. Well, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse if you listen to Two for Chirping. This this show we haven't talked about how poor the Buffalo. That's fair. We haven't talked about how bad the Sabers are because we don't like bad sports, but they are on a. 18-game losing streak, and by the time this comes out, we could possibly see it at 20. Yeah, basically what the Houston Rockets did in the NBA. <laughs> they have a minus 51 goal differential. Oh, my God. That's so bad. And they have Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel. and Free Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel. Please, free them. I don't know what the hell is going on. Right? Get them a There's... ring in Colorado. Yeah. Get them a ring in Colorado. Come and they, to Colorado. And you got to take pay cuts, too. Just That's how it For works. For one year. Here. You can get a ring, though. That's how it works here. Um, that's my bench warm of the week. All right. Regular segments, but let's, let's wrap this episode up. It's been a good one. Uh, beats of the week. My, I'll just, because I have all opening day ones, I'll just rattle them off real quick because they're all futures on there. My The Yankees to win the AL pennant plus 230 and the World Series plus 550. Parlo, parlay those two together because it's fucking happening this year. We're a Yankees podcast. Um, yeah, go ahead. That, I, I think mean, that, that's fair. Uh, my first one's the Final Four. Like I said, Baylor, Houston is going to be probably the best actually i don't know both games are gonna be good probably the best but it's gonna be a defensive battle right now the over under is 135 and a half hammer that hammer the under i hate saying that because life's too short to bet the under but hammer the under because it's going to be a defensive war mm-hmm. um, it's, that's only a minus 125 too so pretty good odds yeah that's i mean for this close in the, this long in the tournament it's going to be the better ones as you see uh my al cy young winner garrett cole you're, you have all Yankees ones, don't you? Well, no, because it's we stay in New York for my last one, but it's uh, Garrett Cole, by the way, plus 330 to win the AL Cy Young. Jacob deGrom, I don't know if you've seen this stat because you're not a huge baseball guy. Jacob deGrom is so dominant, but he plays on the Mets, so he has the shittiest record. If he would have gotten just two runs of support in, I think there was one season where he had pitched in 34 games and had lost like 20-something of those. If he had two runs scored for him 
he would have only lost one game. Jesus Christ. That's how good this guy is. Hey, the Met, I, I do know I saw a, a thing where the Mets were celebrating or practicing the World Series celebration. Well, I did remember seeing we that. We don't have to talk about the fact that they're a fucking Little League team after I just mentioned Jacob deGrom's that Hey, Lindor but. now? They have, they have Thor, Syndergaard? Yeah, they, they, they have Syndergaard. No one Syndergaard has been there for – they have pitching. Guess what? They, they can't Lindor hit. now. Lindor, Pete Alonso. They can't hit. Even I know those names. Yeah. yeah if Pete Alonso is a great home run. Hey, hey if the other team doesn't score, it's either going to be tied or you're going to win 1-0. Except those guys can't pitch nine innings every single time. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, my, my next beat of the league. I want baseball too. This is the lock of the century. Bet $500 on this. The Dodgers to win the NL West. <laughs> Minus 300. If you want to bet the easiest money you will ever make, bet on the Dodgers to win the NL West. Because there's three things in life that are for sure. Death, taxes, and the NL West being won by the Los Angeles Dodgers. It doesn't matter how good the Padres are. It doesn't matter how good the rest of the division is, including my terrible Rockies. The Dodgers win the World Series. Or win the, win the division. That is the easiest minus 300. I saw minus 300, and I was like, damn, I really want to bet $500 on this. Like, I'm serious. I was contemplating that, but I was like, fuck, I don't have money left to bet the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. Then you're That's just- going to be like – I may bet, may throw $25 on it just for how sh- for sure it will be. I mean, yeah, and then when it pays out, that's an extra. There's probably extra money that you didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna win the division. That's it. You can join us on the High Heater Podcast if that's the kind of stellar baseball analysis that you got. <laughs> that is the biggest lock of the century. Yeah. That's, that's as much stellar analysis as I'll, as I'll give you. Yeah, that was a. Uh, you got another one because I've I've said my. Yeah, my one. my last one, under sixty three and a half wins for the Rockies. I'm 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 Woo-hoo! hoping for tank. Tank for it's like tank for Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know who this is college baseball. Nobody does. So so, so tank for tank for it because I'm hoping because remember last year like our very 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 first show or second show that we did beats of the week, I said the Rockies to win the World Series because we started out so hot. Well now I'm saying suck and we can maybe get something going because I'm going like I said like I said a few weeks ago I will be a Rockies players fan. I will love Trevor Story. I will love Charlie Blackman. I will love, especially um, Kyle Freeland, who went to TJ. I will love the team, but I will never support the GM and the owner. I will not buy merchandise from the Rockies dugout stores. I will be buying merchandise from Fanatics, which you you can use the link in our bio. Um, That's where I will buy Rockies gear, and I will be looking for Matt Holliday, Tulowitzki, Todd Helton, or Larry Walker gear. That's what I will be doing. Yeah, I'm just going to bur- burst your bubble now. Story and uh, Freeland probably aren't going to be on the team that much longer. Uh, all right. Player of the week. Player of the week. Let's start with player of the week. Um, and I know yours, so I'll go first. Mine is Miko Rantanen. Uh, he currently leads the Avalanche in points, which I didn't realize he, he has the most assist in- combined assist in goals. Um, and I wanted to give him some recognition because he's the guy that's on the ice that you don't necessarily understand how much he does. Because he does a lot of the dirty stuff, gets in front of the net, and does a lot of the ricochet goals. But if he's not on there, people are able to shut down, use more people to shut down Landeskog and McKinnon. When Rantanen's on there, you at least have to have one, maybe even two guys some nights covering him. Otherwise, he's just going to light it yeah, up. Yeah, he's in the race for the Rick Richard award, isn't he? Because he's top three in goals scored right now. Yeah, I, believe, uh, he's prob- I think he's probably a, he's probably in the finalist conversation for the Ross because that's the point leader. Good for him. I mean, look, he, he's been a baller. But my player of the week, man, it's the best mustache in sports right now. 
And right now, best mustache in sports. Not all time, but best mustache in sports. Drew Timmy, baby. Drew Timmy. He's man. got two first names. Th- this dude is is having fun. The, dude, call him the dude has – this is what your average white men's rec player looks like. Yeah. six Not six foot ten, but big dude <laughs> who can score, and it just looks weird. And that and, and as, as a men's rec-, rec league player myself, that brings a smile to my face because Drew Timmy is balling out, and he's been dropping 20 a night every single tournament game that he's played in. And there there's you, – you throw a top five pick Evan Mobley at you? No. This is a Drew Timmy show, baby. Oh, boy. I can't believe we said that. Uh, the only thing that would make it better if he had the mullet to go with the stash. That's fair, yeah. But I do – I appreciate it. I appreciate it. He, he needs some pit vipers, too. That goes with his Oh, I'm sure he already does. I, he I'm sure he does, yeah. Good. And then uh, crush a shotgun of beer, and then, then we've hit the trifecta for the way that he looks. All right, play of the week. I'll start. It actually happened when we were here. Uh, I was watching – it was during the halftime of our game that we were calling. Yeah, I had some NBA on yeah. in the background. We had the Suns and Hornets game on in the background, and Miles Bridges floated and, like – there was a ball that got tossed somewhere. Same thing that I did with John Morant last week where they jumped and then they just kind of hung out there. And then a the ball happened to appear, so they were like, grab it. Yeah, dunk. Yes, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, you heard that right. Jimmy was watching a Suns-Hornets game in the background. Uh, yeah. I feel bad because every time Jimmy comes over, there's always basketball on the screen, whether it be NBA, college basketball, whatever it may be. You feel and bad. You're, I, you're indoctrinating <laughs> me. That's what you're trying to do. I've gotten Jimmy fully into it, and I love it. Join the uh, cult. Join, <laughs> you're almost uh, there. Cult. My player of us. My, my player of the week, man, it was the I, – I just talked about him, but it was Evan Mobley in the – Sweet 16 matchup against Oregon. He had one of the nastiest posters. This guy from Oregon almost blocked the ball. His arms went underneath the ball in between his head, almost drilled him in the head, and Mobley went over the top and dunked it. It was one of the nastiest posters of the tournament. Hmm. Um, he's been balling out. I wish my player of the week was the Max Acemus three because I would have loved that, but Evan Mobley poster on the Oregon defender, very easy play of the week. Consolation prize, Max Amos is gonna Amos is gonna be in one shining moment for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. And one 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 more thing to add in before we end up here. Shout out Oscar Freyer. I know the news came out. Obviously, I mean we we knew it beforehand. We talked about it. Talked about it a little bit last, last week, week, but I'm excited to see him in the one shining moment. Uh, rest in peace, Oscar Freyer, because that was a tough situation. It was great seeing him in the tournament. I can't wait to see all the the tributes and everything. It was cool to see what they've already done too. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, GCU is not a basketball. National basketball program that everybody would know of, but they were in the tournament, so it was good on all the big stations to mm-hmm. even mention it and and acknowledge the fact that it happened because it was it was sudden. I mean, I was halfway home last week and you you texted me is like, yeah, we probably should jump on Zoom and record something yeah. about this. So um, that's that's everything. That's episode thirty four. <laughs> we had a jam packed episode. We yeah. had we had we had live, live reactions. Commentary. We had live commentary. Yep. A little snippet. Well, maybe well, we we won't make that a weekly thing. No. But live commentary brought to you by Colorcast. Yeah. <laughs> by the Colorcast color, app. While we were talking about that, it'll be on YouTube. You can check that out and see our uh, our reactions as it was happening too. Um, but yeah, this is episode thirty four. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure. To follow us, I say it every week, at FEOTB Pod. We still have shirts, so DM us if you want a shirt or a sticker. $12 for shirt, $3 for a sticker, $15 for both. But we, you can rock our, our – this is our first merchandise that we're selling, so you can rock the initial prototype. 
Um, and then yeah. we'll have more stuff coming as well. It's getting it's getting warmer outside, so you got to get a nice light blue shirt on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it did snow here today, though. <laughs> yeah, so we I don't have to my... talk about. Colorado's the greatest state, except it snows in April. So. It snows. It was it was like eighty degrees yesterday during the day, and then it snowed today, and it's just I don't it's, know. It's a wild. It's time. a beautiful beautiful state, though. Yeah. Love it. Wild it's time. not sarcastic. I promise, it's not sarcastic. I know it sounded sarcastic, but it's not sarcastic. Uh, uh, also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. Ring the notification bell subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to this to and leave a five-star rating interview that helps the the podcast grow the most and if we start getting some more reviews we'll read them on the podcast i know i say that every time and nobody's taking up taking us up on it be that person who takes us up on it the first time and then everybody will start doing it but that should be uh that that is a big help so and, please and, do that and then next week we will announce the winner of our bracket challenge it more than likely won't be jimmy or i well, i know it's not me yeah jimmy Jimmy's holding on one. i'm i'm second in the network one that we're doing behind coach steve so yeah, coach steve at illinois though pick winning no though. i'm behind the one that he has his gonzaga winning oh his, his burner mm-hmm. <laughs> my burner had gonzaga too so oh his burner if his burner also has baylor in the championship so it's not even like if Baylor gets upset and Gonzaga makes it to the championship and wins. It doesn't do anything. I'm screwed at second in that one. That's fair. And I'm probably going to end up like top 15 in our. That's better than what I did, Jimmy. I, I know. It's a it lot is. better than And you I put did. in four brackets. No, no, no. I put in two. Okay. I put my burner in there. I had four brackets. Gotcha. I didn't put them all in there. Gotcha. But yeah, we'll, we'll announce that. Like I said, be on the lookout for me on main event marks. Nico's going to be on two for chirping. That's going to be Finally get some fr- full hockey talk as well. Yep, and we'll also be on with Dan and Jim, so it's going to be a, a full four-person panel, but new faces and everything like that. That's Friday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. So a lot of great stuff, but with that, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, Boomer, who's taking a nap because it's late as hell, uh, this has been episode 34 of The Far End of the Bench. We'll see you guys next week. Peace! When the night is cold and low This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Now the physics ain't mad to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm yeah, sticking up for nigga. Like that moves like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for